Hey, wear a fucking mask. Okay. As as the Dread Pirate, Pirate Roberts once said, I see yes. everyone wearing masks in the future. They're incredibly they're, comfortable. They're very fashionable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except he wore, I mean, his, he wore his on the top. Yeah, he was wearing yeah. it the wrong side, yeah, for sure. Completely different mask, so... <laughs> if we all got viruses through our eyes, his would still not work because it had eye holes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all right. Right, anyway. right in the eye hole. Yeah. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah. Right there. Right in the eye hole. All right. Let's let's start this shit. I have looked through everything. I don't have anything to add, Pat. I don't know if anyone else does. No. All right. Let's get this shit going so we can get done with this relatively decent hour. Or if we have to stop, we have to stop. <laughs> Situation normal. All, all fouled up. This is Snafu. All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of Snafu. It's episode 51. Does anyone else feel like this is going downhill? I definitely feel like we're over a hump, so yeah, I suppose yeah, downhill. Yeah, yeah. It's probably been going downhill since episode one, so... Uh, no, 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 no. No, we definitely <laughs> no. went up from there. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. there's been a shining beacon in my life this week, and that's Pat's conversation with someone special. And oh, you want to talk about that already? No, I don't want to talk about it right this second. I'm just saying okay. that made my life happy. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to that, if we get to that. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that yet, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Not, Let's not sit allowed. on it. Let's yeah. not. All right, let's let's let's, let's put a pin in it. Something cool is happening; is in the works. It's not happening yet, but save I'm something for episode fifty-two it. or three or six. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, hobby for me. Uh, I am actually sitting in my dump of a basement right now, surrounded by every piece of plastic I've ever bought in my life, and I'm realizing there might be a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to say I opened my armoire upstairs which is my wife graciously dedicated to my hobby and it's full and it looks like most of the hobby stores I go to it looks like their bolt action section so yeah, I so I've got like so I, I bought some like new storage boxes because everything I have is like you know just a hodgepodge of stuff and I'm making a new office and want everything to look nice so I got new boxes and I have 12 boxes full of crap already and I have a lot more to go, but I think most of the stuff that's left out is going to disappear. So, I got most of the cool stuff, all the bolt action, some other game systems. model. I have one box of just models I want to paint. So, Good lord. Right? Yeah. Like I said, you have a one box of models you want to paint? No, I mean, no, no, no. Like, just, just random models that I've collected over time. Like, weird resin models and like, stuff I never intended to playing in a game, but I, I'm not going to throw the models away, right? Like, like, for instance, I have Batman miniatures in there. I'm never going to play that game. But, but they're really nice miniatures. They're incredibly detailed, super awesome models, and, like, I picked up Mr. Freeze's... Um, and you'd, it'd be fun to paint. Yeah, it is yeah exactly. If it's you just, ever have just the desire an exercise to use neon paints, you're, you're good to go. Right, exactly. There's just stuff that, you know, I will get to when my children are 21. Um, or they'll paint them for you. Maybe, maybe they'll just inherit them after I die, and they'll paint them sometime in, I don't know, whenever that is. Anyway, so that's my hobby update. 
Uh, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like, whoa. Well, it's, it, is a huge, it is a huge exercise because where all of my stuff was is where the new storage room is going to be. So I had to get it all out of there. And while I was doing that, I was like overwhelmed by how much crap that I'm never going to use this again. What am I so, doing? So this? to summarize, your hobby update is to realize that your hobby is overwhelming and attacking you. Yeah, to some degree. I'm, <laughs> I'm very much. Uh, what's, the only thing what's, you fight them back with is a paintbrush. No, no or a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we're getting Sacrilege. to that point. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I don't know about that. I'm yeah. I'm keeping all the stuff that matters, but I got a lot of like you know, I've kept all the stupid bits from every army I've ever made in my entire life. Like, why the hell do I have, you know, six thousand skeleton heads? I don't need them. Like, they're not worth anything. Just throw them in a bo- box and throw them in the dumpster. Uh, like, you need to purge, right? This yeah. I'm doing is purging while I'm sorting and organizing. So, well, if you ever do any terrain for. Uh, any games workshop this, uh, yeah, game, yeah. you <laughs> have all the skulls you need. Maybe maybe Sorry. that was a bad example because yeah, because you do keep all your skulls Sorry. from. You should have said ever. dwarf arms or something. Uh, I, I definitely have four or five bags <clears throat> of dwarf arms if you want them. So um, <laughs> I know if, if you I know a guy. <laughs> see what see what experiments that the the Nazis came out with. You know oh, during geez. the war. No, I'll pass on that part of the war. <laughs> yeah. It's a little dark. Uh, so anyway, moving along. Yeah, that's all I've gotten done. I've gotten a bunch of. I'm doing a bunch of housework. So unfortunately, my painting of bolt action has taken a, a sidestep for a little bit. Uh, how about you, Dale? Are you working on anything? I saw a picture on Patreon. Uh, yeah, Facebook somewhere. On uh, Discord. Our Discord. Patron. Discord. That's right. Yeah, our, our patron channel. Uh, along with our the sour, sorry words of we don't use this as often as we should, which are true. Well, that's what we often say about a lot of things. <laughs> including this podcast <laughs> but I I did actually use it so you did nice job Thank you. good job yes yeah um, well some well when our patrons actually posted it in there and I had someone message me so the um, yeah what, what I ended up posting was uh, something I'm working on I have one uh, Stalingrad board and okay. I'm working on the next one so um, I'm kind of mocking up the first four pieces of that table because I've got two pieces um, the end the I don't know one side of the um, existing table and because they're all I'm setting them all up so they run together um, those two are set up and now I'm, I'm putting the next two in, or next four in place and I'm starting to put down um, put down that um, that terrain map it out um, bought some more terrain looking putting it together um, figuring out the layout, got to figure out the wires and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's primarily what my bolt action stuff is. So yeah, it's it's cool. kind of fun. Got it set up. See it. I got um, all the pink foam on the hardboard and and that kind of stuff, making sure it all kind of fits. And um, yeah, it should be good. I've got to figure out um, what's interesting. Well, maybe it's the most fun. I don't know. Is I I put all the layout out and. Um, some of the buildings are already destroyed because they're prefabricated that way. But, you know, this whole one section of the board, it's, it's not destroyed at all. It's all fully assembled and new and that kind of stuff. So then I have to go through and figure out. So if a war came through, how would this all be destroyed? So mm. um, I kind of have to give some thought to that. But have, I think you ever, be good. have you ever watched Gallagher? <laughs> Which one? You eat trebuchet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was thinking the Sludgematic or what is that what it's called? Sludgematic? Yeah, it's Sludgematic. Sludgematic, I think. Yeah. Um oh, I was thinking yeah, Chuck Pumpkins. 
I, I don't know. I don't know how many sledges were being carried around in, in World War II. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking like by scale, it probably true worked. scale, true scale. Yeah, you you have a sledge of magic, sledge of magic. I like the sledge of magic better. That sounds yeah. Great. That sounds way cooler. You know, I have well, to hold it. I, I mean, that's one way I, I could go, I suppose. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm not keen on on that though. Yeah, probably. Go back to episode XX where, yeah. where Jeff talked about uh, having to destroy his bomber to make. Oh my god, I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> that yeah. was the worst feeling ever. I want to so, say episode sixteen. I think it was three, almost three years yeah. ago. Three Jesus, years I, ago. Still, I, I still get cold sweat thinking about that. That was, but it still looked magnificent. <sighs> yeah. You still use it too. I do. Yep. I absolutely do. Yeah. So the uh, so I mean, it's just I think um, I mean, there's no. I, I started working on it without any intention of having it ready to go for Operation Snafu or anything like that. It was just kind of time to move towards that direction and kind of got started and working it through. And so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'd love to be able to have all five boards done and side by side. I don't think I have the space to do that, but that would be really cool when we get to that point. So, Well, you can always do it outside. I was going to say park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd, I'd actually I need to find a flat enough space and enough tables and, and a clear rent day. and rent a moving truck to load all the tables <laughs> onto. Yeah, we so. have to talk to you about your your capabilities of transporting these. Might be a, might be something you need to think more about. Build for transport or build it. Just build it at the hotel. Buy a pickup. Well, or, if um, <laughs> if I uh, if I only have to haul it out once or twice a year. That and doesn't seem as big a deal right now. So right. if it's if it's two blocks down the road, yeah, probably. But if it get if we get moved to like the Minneapolis Convention Center, then uh, you're looking at different things, looking at U-Hauls. Or I'm already looking at a U-Haul, honestly. After <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I remember doing. I remember figuring that stuff out when we were going to try to get to Adepticon with your board, and it, your your two boards like took up like half of the U-Haul trailer. <laughs> yeah. So, well, just awesomeness a, has its price. Right? There's that. Just and, get a semi truck. Based on quality, it deservedly needed half the U-Haul trailer. So, I wonder if we could just do like a pod. If you could just like get one at Dale's house, put it in the pod, and have it shipped to Chicago. I, I wonder mean, if they if would do it, that. I don't know what the price is on that. Yeah, I was gonna say, I wonder how expensive. Yeah, it is. yeah. You know, most things, most problems are solved with time and money. So, yeah, it's true. Usually, usually money will solve most problems by itself. Yeah, you can get enough people to do anything you want. If you have enough money, it's the American way. Hoorah! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, I don't, that's, I don't the that <laughs> that's the Marines. That's the Marines. Something entirely different. That's manpower. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's a. That's a. This is still the same well, thing, right? Manpower. It's all about right. manpower. Yeah. We are. Uh, we are a melting pot. It all. So, kind so of if we can get the Marines together. to come over and help Dale move his tables from one spot to Dude, another, that would be outstanding. You know, the toys for tots. It's right? toys for tots charity thing. Yeah. We could make it happen. I uh, maybe. Uh, we'd have to. We'd have to fill whatever they bring Dale's terrain to the table. I'll be honest. With toys. Um, I was I was meeting with my my dad over the weekend this last weekend, and I was talking about picking up a power a power wagon truck. So um, I think oh, it'd be kind of cool to the power, pull up the in new, one of those. The new electric ones? No, the old nineteen fifties ones. So when the war ended and they have all those military vehicles, they just rebranded them all as power wagons. And the Dodge so, Power Wagon? Yeah. There you go. So, but we'll see. I mean, that's, 
That's after quite a few Some, other things need to happen, but that would be cool. Somebody not far in my neighborhood has an old uh, Dodge three-quarter ton World War II vehicle-looking guy for sale, all restored up and everything. So it's it looked, like, yeah, so much I was, money. I was just going to say it looked too nice for me to buy, but if it was a piece of crap that still ran, I'd consider it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not. I mean, depending upon the shape that they're in, pre-restoration, you yeah. can pick them up pretty. Yeah, pre-restoration. Hey, I saw someplace uh, there's a whole bunch of ducks for auction, too. Because all the tour companies realize maybe it's not such a good idea to run <laughs> tours out of things that sink when you overload them. <laughs> yeah. like, like their insurance companies yeah, decided basically. maybe that was not a good idea anymore. No. There's there's one on eBay for three grand with a one dollar in shipping. There you go. A power wagon or a duck? Power wagon. Well, there. You, oh, I was gonna say there you go. There's, what there's kind of, well, anyways, silver lining to the quarantine, right? It's it's on a it's on a flatbed. You can't drive it, so you got to right. do a bunch of work. Anyway, uh, right. moving right along. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, what are you working Dodge. on these days? Uh, looking at ducks now. Uh, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> if you throw so, true scales tanks all of a sudden, I'm going to be impressed. Oh, man. Hey, I got a pond by my place. I could drive the duck right in it. I'm sure would, your neighbors would it, really appreciate that. Oh, they'd, they'd love it. Wouldn't it, like, fit and end in the pond? Uh, pretty close. I'm not actually sure it would float because it might still be on the bottom. Right. <laughs> Hey, those are easy to those are easy to upgrade uh, retrograde. I guess you just take a, a cutter and you just cut all the shit off the top of them. Oh yeah, you know all the well, extra glass and roof and crap they weren't supposed to have, and it's fine. Right. Oh, well, and that and they're safe too. Apparently, that was <laughs> right. what I remember hearing about the Coast yeah. Guard saying: take the take the canvas off and you're take fine. All that crap off the top yeah. and they're just fine. But then all of a sudden, all everybody's like, "I'm hot. This sucks." Well, I mean, you can't do anything about people that want. No, right. <laughs> I paid money for this. I'm, I'm getting the last three months have proven that. Right. Shut up, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. Let's see hobby stuff. So, uh, I hit a bit of a slump the last two weeks. So it, oh, it's one of those things. You're that a strong well, point, Jeff. I know. I know. The problem was I actually got busy with work all of a sudden, which mm, is, is that's nice. A good problem. Bars it's, open again. No. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff been bartending on the weekends oh, down in Minneapolis. No. I was thinking DUIs, but same yeah. things. No, I just, uh, you know, I have this running joke with my wife about, you know, being a self-employed person. Is it like there might be two, three weeks where there's just dead and nothing going on, and I'll get four client calls within 18 hours, and it's just like, what the hell? Yeah. But that's just the way it goes. So, Nature uh, is. Yeah. And the other problem is I've got my entire hobby area table down here filled with this entire uh, space station board I'd printed. And oh, it's that's like, awesome. No, anyway. it's, it's great. And I'm like, okay, I'm either going to put this in a box, and if I do, I'm going to forget about it, or I'm going to paint this whole damn thing, and then I'll put it in a box and forget about it. It's better that I paint it first, so I've been painting the hell out of that. <laughs> and results the same, but satisfaction's much higher. Much higher when I open the box again whenever I need it, when we can actually see each other in person uh, yes. again. Yes. <laughs> You know, I'll have it all done, which or at a point where I'm not embarrassed to put it on a table anyway. Is, is this uh, Nemesis stuff? No, this is uh, it's LV four two seven Designs. They they're a company that sells three D print. Basically, it's um, it's not Aliens Universe branded, but it's close. But you can use it for like Aliens games or Star Wars Legion or Conflict forty seven, or if you want to play Wolfenstein, you don't get a robot Hitler hiding in there somewhere. It all works for that. So. Yeah, you shared one picture with us, and honestly, whoever said that that looks like cover art on the, the little blister pack was dead on, because that's what it looked like. Yeah, well, those are some marines I picked yeah, up, and good. I I, I ha haven't painted very many miniatures in this last... Well, so I've been doing all-terrain tables, and one of the things I noticed the last time I didn't paint miniatures for a month or two is I get rusty really quick. So I find it's 
important to paint at least one or two miniatures every every week or so just to keep my skills up. Does this have like a Wayland sign on the? On it some does. Of it? Okay. Uh, it has an almost Wayland, although they will tell yeah, you okay. it's worldwide Wookies. I think is what he says it's actually <laughs> supposed to stand for. <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? Yeah, get around some copyright infringement. Sure, right. right. I mean, it's you're, you're skirting the line, but. I don't know if anyone even has the license to actually make stuff right now. I think Gale Force Nine might actually have the license to make aliens branded stuff right now. So, wow, uh, interesting. But, Warning: purchasing their designs may lead to missing work, lack of sleep, painters' cramps, loss of time due to enjoyment of your new hobby. All of these things are true because, man, it's <laughs> and I mean, all of these things can be solved by listening to our podcast. Right, boredom, say, boredom comes quickly with us. Right. I mean, I probably have seven or eight rolls of filament in and printing those rooms right now, so mm-hmm. it's not inexpensive it's fun as hell though um but anyway so i'm getting all that painted and then i am still doing some bolt action stuff i've got my printer that's been i've been trying to roll through this ream of brown filament printing trees so i can do uh Mm, those look really good an ardennes board or uh, a hurricane forest board so why am i not seeing these pictures where are you posting these pictures Uh, it's on whatsapp i think they're in the whatsapp those came through the whatsapp chat channel somewhere so our Ours or the bolt? Oh, you might not be on. Be yeah, on that I might one have anymore. not be on that one anymore. Yeah, I don't. It's know. actually been refreshing. I'm not gonna lie, but maybe well, I'll you don't, jump back don't in. Don't get now. a million uploads, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm doing another bolt action. T- the stuff for another bolt action table. I'm thinking about making just a really heavily forested board with a few clearings in it. And some to make, Well, maybe you know to make up for the boards that are kind of too open. I'm gonna make one that's kind of closed in. So. Okay. You know. Cool. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I haven't played it yet. It might suck, and I'll change my mind. But that's the start of it. Um, oh, and my last box of infantry showed up for my order of, we did oh, earlier. Nice. nice. So, thank you, John. Yeah, thank right. you, John. So as soon as I get these cases wrapped up this week, I'll be back to painting, hopefully, and I'll have a whole new army probably another two weeks. Jesus. <laughs> are, you, are you saying what army that is? Oh, yeah. I, I guess I can say now I got them all. It's, I decided to do some Italians. Ooh. Specifically. See if Jeff can finally lose. Spicy. Specifically Italian paratroopers, so. I think there's so some new not. plastic Italians coming. So, soon. so they're so they're Italians. Uh, so they don't get stubborn, right? Uh, it depends. <laughs> if you play them early war, no. Oh, okay. If you play them late war, they get fanatic. Ooh, wow! And yes, okay. Dale, you are spot on that they they have announced that Italians within the next year will come, be coming out with plastics, which is awesome. But I don't think they're going to do the paratroopers in plastic. It's regular troops, right? Uh, from what I heard, yes. Yeah, which will be awesome if you want to play Italians ever. Like now. Yeah, if they could just, you know... <clears throat> if the French aren't challenging enough and you're winning too well with Norway, go ahead and try Italians. Try Italians. I mean, why not, you know? Yeah. Just, uh, prove your metal. <laughs> or, but anyway, so... Plastic. Well, prove your plastic, yeah. So anyway, that's that's my hobby update. It's boarding and about to... I'll put I'll try to put some pictures up on our Facebook page where I get these guys painted up soon. So yeah, we should try doing more of that stuff. We don't seem yeah we we're really bad about doing that. Apologize so, for that. We're we're all of that era. Well, most of us are from that era. Sorry, Dale, um, of not being super highly social. Uh, social media savvy. Yeah, right. I mean, I know how to do it. I, it's part of my job in some respect, but it's still I find it to be. Yeah, you got to take the picture, you got to push the share, and you have to hit the where, and it's like it's like six or seven buttons, well, and you might not type no, something. It's, it's mostly like when I'm like, oh, I'm going to post this picture, and then I like get on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, shiny pictures of weird things that I, you know, whatever thing they're trying to hawk to me today. 
right? <laughs> I forget so what I'm doing as soon as I get in. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Pat. I, I don't do ads for a living or anything, right? <laughs> I can't share anything that I'm working on. So Dale, Dale's very shy about sharing stuff in process. Um, I have to be working on something to to have that happen. <laughs> That's a different problem. Well, I mean, nobody wants to see a picture of my but, shithole basement. Well, actually, right why don't line. you why don't you do like a time lapse of like your kids growing up and your pile of plastic you haven't done anything with? <laughs> so my kids growing up and my pile of plastic growing stay the same. The same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> picture your kids every day walking past your unpainted plastic stuff. You know, just, just shaming me. Yeah, just and then just run it for like the three sixty five, and you see your kids just getting bigger, and that plastic still sitting there untouched. Yeah, right. Just getting dustier beautiful. and dustier. Beautiful. Uh, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to alleviate that. But how about you, Pat? What are you working on? Uh, actually, I've really been going gangbusters in the hobby lately. Um, I am almost complete with my uh, Battle of Bulge board, nice. which would be for Operation Snafu. Would be an objective table. Uh, I have. <clears throat> a bridge and two roads left to do, and this thing is done. And it wow. would be it would be done already, except for there's apparently a massive shortage of the one prime material I've been using, which is this Vallejo texture paint, snow. Mm. Uh, Don't have a snow one, unfortunately. I, it's so tough to find. In fact, I ordered something on eBay from somebody, and it was it was a three to four week delivery. So I waited that time. It didn't show up. And so I, like, said, hey, this crap hasn't showed up. And then eBay's like, well, it's COVID. Give it another three to four days and see what happens. I'm like, okay, wait another three, four days. Still hasn't showed up. And so I'm like, okay, dude, where is the stuff? He never even posted a tracking number. Three days later, he posted a tracking number. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so he never freaking sent it. Are you yeah. kidding me? Right. And it finally showed up literally yesterday. All right, nice. You got it at least. But it did show up, huh? It did show up, and it put me back. It put me back like two weeks easily. Or this would have been done. And in the meantime, I tried to order from Amazon, and that was a month delivery. Yep. From Amazon, I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Because I still want to use this stuff to update my airfield table, which is kind of literally crumbling apart every time I try to move it from one spot to the other. And yeah, so long story, a little bit shorter, is I've now got. Two and a half pots in house, and a third and a fourth on the way, which should be enough to finish the Stalingrad board, which is looking really good. Once it's done, I'll maybe do one of those little little video. What do you call those video things where you walk around and film stuff? Is that what, is that a video? Is you call that? Maybe post that would that. be a video. Yes, Pat, that was that'd video. be a video. Yes, yeah. and then um, it turns out as I was trying to redo the table. As it turns out, I'm actually like a 3D designer with at home with my design software. So I can go ahead and design what I wanted this thing to be rather than trying to carve it out of something, nice. send it to an STL, and send it to my 3D printer, which is now up and running. Nice. Very nice. So that's very happy. And, in fact, I can actually hear it still whizzing back and forth in the background. Um, piece 1 and Piece 2 are about to come off the print, which is exciting. And they all look good. So that's going that way. Um, also, I have pulled out some parts for my stalling for my sorry for my Pacific board, which I had kind of banded back earlier, mm-hmm. and just for fun because I'm still not settled where which way I want to go with the Marines or sorry which way I want to go with the Russians. I pulled the Marines back out. Nice. Oh, sweet. So now I'm starting to paint those guys again. Very nice. No reason not to. Uh, it turns out. 
I left them all with the uniform base and arms. <laughs> That's where I left them. Well, I, uh, we switched off uh, back when we were going to do the, the WTC. Is right. where I dropped uh, them to yeah. go back and yeah. you know do some make some nicer looking British than my normal stuff because mm-hmm. normal stuff had been done two three years ago and ideally the theory is my paint skills have improved in those two three years. I like your optimism. Right. <laughs> Even though I could probably put them side by side and no one can tell me. Actually, they'll probably point to the old one and go, that looks so much more improved. would be like, damn it, that oh, was the old one. <laughs> I seriously doubt that, Pat. Eh, you never know. Nonetheless, still painting and still finding time to, to actually do them on a regular basis, which I think is really what's helping me. Yeah, that always helps. Putting the time in is what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure my paint has significantly decreased at this point. My skills are down. Words, just words. It. <laughs> well, Rick, for your skills to go down, I think you'd have to quit painting for a decade or two to like get down to my quality. I, so. I feel like I'm there. I feel like it's been a decade, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I've uh, anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the next uh, next subject because it sounds like you've done a, sh- a lot of stuff, Pat. Um, I'm jealous of that, and I I think. Uh, one of the things that I like, I want to talk about, especially in this current kind of situation that we're in. I don't want to, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, you know, whatever, shit, <laughs> yeah, whatever, the, whatever 2020 is, it's not fun. Um, it's so not 2019 is all I'm going to yeah. say. Right? Uh, no. So anyway, because of all of the pandemic and, and all of the stores closing and all of the tournaments closing and us not being allowed in Ireland for the next like two years or whatever it's going to be. I think they'll <laughs> keep us out a lot longer than that, just based on the fact that we suck. Yeah, she's like, you guys are idiots. Just stay home. <laughs> yeah, just, basically, no. yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't, you know. Yeah, COVID doesn't matter anymore. But you guys, you, you guys need to be taught a lesson. To be incompetent. <laughs> we don't want you here. <laughs> you need to be taught a lesson. Here's your lesson. You're not allowed in Ireland anymore. Anyway, no, I, I don't know. So. I'm actually excited. I'm going to say that I bought models for another game. Uh, this is one of the ways I'm going... Well, all right. Every, we all did. There are several it's of us o- did it's it. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone should get o- over this. Uh, 40K came out with a bunch of new models. I bought some of them just because they look dead sexy to paint. And I think that's what I need right now is something just to get me motivated to start painting again. Mm-hmm. And so it's really come down to that where... Like my hobby, like I almost busted out Mr. Freeze just to paint something, just to paint something, because I, I need it. But, you know, uh, so uh, to go back to my hobby for a second, I actually went and cleaned all my airbrushes. I broke them all down, stripped them all down, like cleaned the living shit out of them. So nice. Uh, that'll hopefully get me started and motivated to get going again. Uh, if you don't have a sonic cleaner, they're amazing. They're like 30 bucks on Amazon. Oh, yeah, I swear oh. by mine too. Love them. Yeah, uh, I, I don't one. have one. I would like That's that the one thing I need. Uh, the one I have, I don't know if I would recommend the one I have because it only has a three-minute cycle, and it mm. isn't quite long enough. I want it to be longer, so I have to like go yeah, through several cycles. Well, three minutes isn't long enough. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, but there, there's ample ones on eBay or not eBay, Amazon, just top-rated. But it's you know they're really handy. If you're not familiar, it's a pot of water, and it like sonically vibrates the water in such a way that it breaks down debris and dirt on metals. And it does a good job cleaning stuff. So that's why oh, I could so use that. I destroyed yeah. my airbrush and finally got replacement parts and put it back together. And it's still 
sticky, for lack of yeah. a better term. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. I did learn at the last Operation Snafu, um, the Badger airbrush was in the vendor hall, and they have a lifetime warranty on all of their airbrushes. So if you ever reach Just a not point the needle. where it's not recoverable, you can send it to them, and they'll fix it for you. So mm-hmm. it sounds um, like they dip in one of these things Rick is talking about. Uh, essentially, industrial industrial sonic cleaners is probably where they start, yeah. and then they probably do some filing and. They're really great with replacement parts, by the way. Uh, mine I, arrived within a week. Really, I'm gonna have. Yeah. I actually need some more, some new needles. And uh, uh, what is this? This is a life tip. This is a pro life tip here. Don't disassemble like three or four airbrushes at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, no. put them all in the sonic cleaner at the same time. Right. You gotta separate uh, that. You gotta isolate that stuff. This shit's Jesus. this shit's a puzzle. No, I got them all back together. I'm, I, dude. I all of my airbrushes. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to guns, but I've never like tried to put a disassemble and assemble a gun. But I'm pretty sure I can six do of the that. same style at the same time. Right, but I'm pretty sure but I can do that models. shit with my airbrush pretty quick. I can disassemble and assemble that thing like in ten seconds. But yeah, I, it took me a little while to be like, oh shit, this one goes to that one. This one, yeah, like it was bad. It wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do that. Sonic Cleaner's great. Don't use all your airbrushes in there at the same time. I just envisioned the uh, Empire Strikes Back with, no, 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 this one goes here, that <laughs> one goes there. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> so that was my, my way to try and get motivated again. I, how about you guys? Anyone else got any good tips for motivation? Some of you guys seem to have not lost motivation. <laughs> I have specific time set apart in the day, and that my, my wife understands that, and actually she supports me in this, is that you know from 8.30 to 9.30... I go sit at my table, turn on my, turn on the the brush lights, and, and then I go. I turn on the paint station okay. lights and, and just do something. And if I just sit there for like five minutes and just do, do the duh, like what am I doing? She actually come over comes over and asks me what I'm trying to work on, and then that gets me to do something. <laughs> so. So your wife is ultimately my my wife is in, is is indirectly motivating my hobby because she's. Takes an interest and like that's pretty fucking she, sweet. Actually, yeah, she right. pretends to take an interest. She doesn't care. She's usually on her way to bed, but nonetheless, she offers that little extra nudge that between eight thirty and nine thirty, it's you know by then the kid is asleep and she's done watching whatever she needs to, and I can just focus on it for at least an hour a day. And just just having that hour a day, whether I do anything or not, or just think about doing stuff, makes a difference because it starts to keep things moving. Mm-hmm. It keeps sure. your motivation up. So, Sweet. for me, it's a deadline. That's the only thing that actually motivates me to finish a project. Yeah, I can't do that. I have, <laughs> I have, um, I have gamer ADD. Like, I'll be all about Please something episode for fifteen <laughs> for fifteen minutes, and then something shiny, you know. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> and then I forget right. all about what it was before. Right. So, yeah. But that's that's just that's just me. So hopefully others don't suffer in that way. Oh yeah, I think that's a pretty common problem, though, right? That's yep. that's a hard one to overcome when you can when you can. If your if your if your work paint station worker paint station is just too crowded, that'll actually stop you too. Mm-hmm. For sure, you have to clear that out once in a while. Just you have to sometimes just take an evening or a couple hours and just honestly. Remove everything. I mean, there's, I have lots of little guys that didn't make the final cut that just kind of hang around the, the the base of the lamps and stuff like that. Dude, mm-hmm. that sounds depressing just, as shit. I'm just gonna say that out loud. 
Right. <laughs> you know, guys that don't even have heads or, you know, got oh. knocked off their base or just didn't get finished assembled, just didn't make the cut of whatever squad you're making at the time. So sad. You have to move those up. Those are casualties, man. You have those, to move them out. Those go in my bits bucket. Right? Yeah, so, so, send, so mail them to Rick. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Please. I need more plastic, clearly. And he um, will make his kids look progressively shorter. <laughs> well, I'd do that on my own. That's not a problem. I just got to keep buying plastic. It's not a problem. I got like four bolt action armies backed up right now. Plus, I got more shit to paint than I know what to do with. Plus, yeah, I've got like fourteen bins of terrain apparently that I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I should do something with some of this stuff. If your if your active paint station area gets too overcrowded, that actually stops you from wanting to paint. That that is a good point, actually. And that, you, you have to purge it. You have to purge yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's hard to get motivated for too. Maybe we should have a Monday night. Everybody clean their paint station night. I was gonna say, you know, the, the other thing would be really nice, especially for for well, you Rick as well. We should. Try to get back onto our our, like, our station with our patrons. Yeah, our patrons like just even just having the Discord, having the yeah. Discord conversations. Yeah, it's it is a little tricky for me right now until I get my paint station in the basement with me, is because my paint station's on the on the main floor in my office, and when I get and when I'm recording, I'm don't in the tell basement. your boss. Well, mm-hmm. well, well, yeah, right. Maybe the first couple of times, um, your contribution could be sorting through. All of the boxes of miniatures you've collected. Oh no, I've already done almost all of that. I've got a, I got my cell pile, and I got my key pile, and I got my. I'm not sure if I should just throw this away or if well, I should try and give this to someone pile. If you're not sure, it should be thrown away. I think. I, I think the yeah. stories of where the miniatures came from and what you were thinking when you bought them. I always find that kind of fun and interesting. <laughs> Actually, digging through all the old stuff. I mean, I mean, we we yeah. all could do it honestly, oh, going back sure. through and like, oh my god, here's something from six years ago right. when I was going through a vendor hall at a tournament and I grabbed right. it. And <laughs> I was going to do this with it. Like that went from two years ago. I can see right now. Right. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I got a box of Guild Ball down here that. I don't oh God, Guild Ball! <laughs> wow. You know, that's all. Wow. <laughs> I um, they are incredibly good looking models. I'm not going to lie. I recently did the, the purge myself going through mm-hmm. a garage, the garage out back, and there was some old uh, troll bloods from War Machine. Oh man, back there! So wow, yeah. The big the big plus was I found all of the uh, Legion stuff that I bought when that game came out. So like Star Wars Legion, <laughs> yeah. I oh. bought everything they had for the Empire, uh, okay. the initial release. So at the time, <laughs> and now you're way behind. So. And now you're not even competitive. Well, although it's all. all all still stuck in a boat somewhere, so you might actually be able to catch up quick. You just got to throw money at the problem. Uh, yeah, I, the, the coolest thing I found so far is that I every army I've ever collected over the years, like I don't think the only thing is I don't think I have my first first Warhammer army. I've whenever I sell it or get rid of it, I've kept one model from it. So every model, every army, I have one model from for every, which I think is cool. Like it, that's mm-hmm. I'm like I can't keep all of the models, but I, can I still them. have the very first uh, when I started painting was Warhammer Empire Army uh, BSB, nice. which I deemed to be the best model I had painted at the time. <laughs> and wow, does it suck! <laughs> like wow. And I remember showing it to Dale and being all proud. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I remember, I remember that 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 point." And uh, keep that model, keep that model, because one day you're gonna realize just how much further you have gone. He never discouraged me or said just how horrible it was, but he just said, "You'll realize how much further you will go." 
So Probably, thanks, yeah. Dale. Yeah, if you ever want a if you ever want a good uh, boost, Dale will be your guy, even though mm-hmm. he's not going to tell you that your stuff is good. No, he, he he never tells you that. Wow, I don't know why you're painting. You should get rid of all your paintbrushes because you suck. He will always encourage you. Well, who's a good? Boy? I can always just show you Pat's BSB too. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a picture. <laughs> all right. Um, anyone else have any good ideas for motivation right now? Otherwise, we'll keep talking about this as we go through hobby yeah. stuff in the future. I think you know. This shit ain't over yet, unfortunately. Uh, right. We're, we we're got, still in it. we got months ahead of us, guys. We yeah, really do. most this likely. Is, this is a long-haul thing. Yep. Well, at least here in the U.S., because we're f- fucking idiots. Um, some other places That's are seemingly opening. Seem, some places seem to be uh, moving forward. We seem to be sliding backwards somehow. Well, anyway. I heard uh, Twisted Lords went off without a hitch. Uh, with well, let's see in two mm-hmm. weeks. Right with uh, ninety to hundred people, so wow, good for them. That's awesome for them. Five Glad or six that. game systems, you know, all Warlord, obviously. So yeah, sound like it went well. well I, I, I I do hope nobody gets sick we, from that. I just this we have scares to, me a little bit. Um, not to not to disagree with the fact that here in America we're mostly morons because we are, <laughs> but America is a big place, and there are some places that seem to be doing okay. And there are some places that don't seem to be doing great. So hopefully those folks in Twisted, down at, at Twisted Lords, they're in one of those places that things are going well and, and they're able to yeah. to be uh, safe. It, it, and, it sounds you like know. they did all the right things. I was interested yeah, right. to hear that one of uh, John's Warlord Wednesday, I think it was last week, that uh, instead of worrying about the, the six foot, you know, that they, every other table was turned 90 degrees, which I hadn't thought of before. And I'm like, right. okay, that's that's a different element of social distancing that you could get more people together. So they just turn the, every other table? So at least you're not so pointing your bunch of dashes you ended up with. Right, you're not having to worry things. about the butt-to-butt. You're, you know, you're at least, you know, as a minimum, you're two and a half feet away with the tables sure, are 90 sure, degrees sure. Yeah. and then plus an extra spacing. So Okay. But it's not like the, what they had is they had like 9,000 square feet of space. So wherever they were, they just simply had space. To do. Right. I mean, that's the trick, right? As long as you have enough mm-hmm. space, you can do just about anything. And, of course, yeah. they, they took down everything with the, the contact tracing and all that stuff that's recommended. But They took it down? So like They just ignored they all recorded. of it? They recorded. Oh, they down. Information for contact. contact <laughs> I thought tracing. maybe like yes. there was posted signs. Took down the like, information. We're them, we took them down. <laughs> we took them down. <laughs> we don't believe in this. <laughs> we attacked them. No. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Much more appropriate that they wrote down everyone's information. And it was like in... You know, if something happens, they're going to make sure that someone gets notified. Well, and they're going to they're going to follow up with every single attendee in two weeks. Okay, that's that's good. That's good of them. That's that's impressive. Um, yeah, and they were John Russell, good job with that. That's yeah. as best as you could hope for, and right. whatever this is, right? Uh, so on that note, their their con went off, but ours got canceled. If you hadn't heard or seen, <laughs> right? This is kind of the hobby downer, right? Is that Operation Snafu twenty twenty has left the building it's the renegade open has made a decision i know it was a tough decision and they wrestled with it for a long time uh they've canceled so well uh, here's some of the background behind that is so it takes money to run a con yep and they rely on configuration which usually goes off in july which was canceled obviously and that's kind of the seed money to put down the down payments and get the stuff in roll and to make sure that Renegade Open is going to happen. And without that, they were going to be operating in the red solid. And yeah. then you 
you put on top of that, there's no way these restrictions of the 50% capacity and, you know, I looked at just our table. I was trying to lay, lay out our table where last year we could have had uh, 16 tables set up normally and it was down to, there's no way we're going to get eight tables in there. Oosh. So you're talking 50% attendance just wasn't going to meet what was going to be required. And then you look at the vendor halls. Okay, 50% capacity. Um, who are you going to have? You get one in one room and one in the other. Maybe two in one room. It just... Mm. Right. It's it not it, a good way of doing it. Was it. Just, it was just a bad math equation that mm. just didn't balance. And unfortunately, we're the casualties of this one. And yep. Yeah. So they had talked about moving into January to try and do and, it then. But that's just, just a crappy travel time. For right. Sure. And, they, and they do have some scaled down version of the event going on at some points uh, we are not a part of that because I didn't feel comfortable with us or with us, with us signing up for that it just didn't sound like it was going to be good yeah well it's it's. I don't know I, I'm I'm in the of the mind to be overly cautious right now and I think that it's it's presumptuous to move that forward that fast at this point but you know I think each everyone's making their, their smart choices I think obviously I think Whatever they're doing is, like you said, is scaled down, but they're also requiring masks and stuff. So they're they're taking precautions. It's just adding another whole event into that thing was seemed like a bad idea at this point. So and not to sound like an old man, but you know, years are years. Safe years are better than non-safe years. Yep. Right. 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 You know. Ah. Okay. Yep. We lost that one, but you know what? There's next year. There's oh, hopefully always next year. So. Uh, right. We're just planning on going bigger and badder next year, right? So that's our plan. Dale's going to do sixteen Stalingrad boards, and <laughs> the, the, the entire the entire uh, uh, tournament will be Dale's Stalingrad boards. And uh, Jeff and I will just sit there and clap. Well, <laughs> you, your your guys's boards game has stepped up significantly. For sure. So I mean, it's just not trying to catch you. It's not just right. me out there. So no, it's and you guys are all doing only, great things. Only a plan for five, so <laughs> it's only one, like basically one third of the tables we normally have. So mm-hmm. that, I, I'm super psyched if that ever happens, though. Mm-hmm. Five tables in a row of fat would be incredibly, uh, like probably as cool as some of the shit I've seen on so, YouTube. So, so keep painting. Um, I yes. right, Jeff. We're we're gonna just keep the the idea that we had for this year and just apply it to next year. Yeah, I I think not to give them too far of a heads up, but you know what? There's so much going on wrong with this year. We might as well give them something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so, mean, right? got, so yeah, winter, do, do winter stuff, and then we're going to do a Pacific, right? <laughs> right. Well, well I, I don't know. Mariana's coming out. You know, there's going to be a whole Pacific push. No, it might no, be very alluring. No, no. <laughs> no. We could do a half and half at that point. Uh, sure, we could. I don't know. I still like our idea. Let's keep it going. We'll yep. do it next year. How, how about this, Pat? When we get 60 players, we'll get two rooms, and one room can be the Pacific Ooh. Theater, and one room can be the European Theater. Yeah. Sold. There you go. And then... We won't get 60 people. So never. <laughs> We're not that cool. Dude, you never know. <laughs> we like, can barely people... get 60 people to listen. I think we get that many still. Maybe. Uh, now you're making me all self-conscious. i got to look at well, how many people listen. No, let's just, make the yeah. tournament that 60 people are going to want to come to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. There you go. Yeah. Right. So I need a few more partisan type scenarios, and that should do it. <laughs> yeah, you mean you mean cut them out? Well, I mean, all it takes is a yeah, 
never mind. I'm not going to okay, go there. Hey, I was going to hey, say wait, something. Wait, wait, wait. Side question, since we've got some people that did a little bit of table making. Is, I wonder if it's possible in Tabletop Simulator to make that scenario and like have the building just explode randomly. Randomly? No. Not randomly, no. Well, I mean, on a turn, though. Like, you roll for it, and if you get the yeah. roll... Yes, you, you, you can, can throw replace it with an exploded building. building. Yep. Yeah. You can throw fires in there. Yep. Oh, they got fire effects. Yeah, you, you can set you can set up um, an object with with two different states, and you can mm-hmm. swap the state. So you can have perfect. A, That's a, all I need. Yeah, full building, and the second state would be the build, building destroyed and on okay. fire. That's so it sounds like we're not ruling out some sort of tabletop event. Maybe well, a, maybe a, a week, couple weeks campaign ish stuff. I would certainly like people to see Tabletop Simulator bolt action in, ac- in action. If for no other reason, then I don't know how long this crap's going to go on, and that's like basically the only way us Yankees are going to get to play any table any bolt action for a while. So. It's a great lifeboat. It's a great chance to play with people you would normally never get to play with. Hey, Pim, would love to sit down and, and play a game with you. Right. And the plus side, you can play with people you don't even know, and if they suck, you just, you know, flip the table. You flip the table on them, yeah. Well, depending on who's hosting the game, you can turn that off, but... Well, I can also just Alt F4, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, you can also yeah, always yeah. leave. Just be like, I, I, I have to go to the bathroom and just never uh, go I back. pooped myself, sorry, <laughs> click, <it's> gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's lots of ways of getting out of that one, because you're not stuck at a table with somebody for real. Right. And the cleanup's easy, it's just click a button. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the really nice thing that playing tabletop simulators that when you're all done, you just turn off your computer and you leave. Right. You don't have to put anything back in your little foam containers. Yeah. I actually do. I'm missing a D6. Did you see it on the floor somewhere? <laughs> no, because it fell into the middle of the table again. Because there's no floor in tabletop simulator for some uh, reason. No, they fixed that. Now it just shows back up on the side of whatever table you have. Oh, that's good. Well, that's okay. fantastic. Good. That's, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like putting my little miniatures and my little fake foam trays so I, my games take forever <laughs> I actually built foam trays in tabletop simulator uh, I'm joking anyway. you're the only one yeah I'm, yeah, it'll be found that funny I'm sorry um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway <laughs> moving right along to the next topic uh, are we supposed to be ta- are we allowed to talk about this firefight uh, we were asked to to, to kind of tease this a little bit okay so we to Pat's point, we are going to show you our shoulder. Well, hang on. Uh, Hold on. Hang on. Let um, me get the timestamp on this just to make sure we, uh, we uh, don't have to rescind right. a whole lot. Right. Were we given ex- directions on what what, what that meant? Speak of? Yeah. yeah, was okay. this express written or implied oral? I will. <laughs> how, about, how, about, how about you let me go with this one? So, <laughs> Sure. So we're aware of the fact that there is uh, the Libyan Desert Taxi Service coming out, for, which is basically a different version of the firefight, uh, which is obviously taking place in the desert. There's also the Hell's Pocket, which is a different version of a firefight that's taking place in the Pacific. And what they're doing, and we've talked about this, and even John talked about this last, in the last episode. episode, and he talked about this on his uh, Facebook Wednesdays, which, if you don't know, uh, 11 a.m. Central Daylight time. He likes to say standard time, but we're in daylight time. You can always listen to him live on Facebook. And he talked about those. And basically these are, they're kind of expanding the firefight stuff. And they're adding in what they had in their, what's the SPQR mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. Yes. So in there, there's skill sets. So you can have regular infantry, you can have specialists. And the specialist gets a skill. 
and you can play this as you know the normal stuff and the skill is okay it does something different in this scenario or sorry not scenario in this in this uh, part of the game it gives you a little bonus towards what they call the scouting phase I think is what they're calling it I don't remember exactly Um, and and from that you can play campaign and experience and you can develop them further in the skill tree which is what they have in their SPQR I feel like there's another letter in there yeah QRSTV it's the alphabet dude yeah yeah okay thanks (laughs) thanks <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> but what they're doing now with the with firefight is they are going to encompass this into a standalone starter set for an intro to bolt action this blows my mind i think this is the best idea they could have possibly come up so with. right now what they have for firefight is they just assume you know the bolt action rules and you have the bolt action version 2 rule book sure and they're taking that and they're doing amalgamation of it and they're kind of tweaking the rules a little bit to make it more standalone on the platoon level. For example, they're adding a skill called climbing and leaping. So it's, well, so let's step back a second, though, because just make sure people understand what firefight is, is that it's okay. a scaled-down version of bolt action, essentially a scaled-down version of bolt action, where instead of... It's down to the man level right, instead man of the platoon level. level. So, yeah, actually, every order dice is a singular man. All right, so it's warband... Instead right. of squad level. Right. Mordheim versus Warhammer, whatever you want to say. But it's a, a super scaled down version of bolt action, essentially. So, anyway, so they're introducing new skills. Keep going. Sorry. Just wanted to make sure yeah. you want to So, that. and to, to just to, to add on to that, like, to, so take, for example, you have a medium machine gun team, for whatever reason you took one. You have the model, you might as well play it. So, there's three guys right. in there. So, that means you have three order dice. But only one guy has to fire the machine gun. But if you don't use one of the other two order dice, he fires the minus one from to have a team, but then those two other guys can still fire their rifles. Which works out a little better than right. well, and, like normal. And, and then they also throw in, like, uh, individuals all have grenades, and you can, like, throw them, and they're like a, a one-inch HE. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but so what they're doing with this one is they're expanding it just a little bit further. They're taking the specialists that we had mentioned earlier, and they're developing a skill tree behind them, and then they're even doing something even greater and understanding the fact that, okay, so what snipers used to do in bolt action was, okay, they do exceptional damage automatically. They fired a team weapon, boom, team weapon's gone. Okay? They understand that, okay, in a one-to-one, that really isn't the same thing, so they're kind of extrapolating a little bit. And one of the current rules set that they have going is that if you the sniper does an exceptional damage, that every unit within six inches of that target will take an extra pin for the fact that, you know, his he got exploded and stuff through all around mm-hmm. him is kind of gross and stuff like that. So these, that's kind of the, the level they're going to and, and working on. And this is still only in play testing. And we're hoping to give them some feedback when we get some play testing stuff. Yeah, they asked us to do some play testing. Sweet. So we're going to do that, and we'll kind of get back to you in the later episodes. But this is kind of slotted to maybe get released as a starter box, and they're looking at having a mini rule book, uh, the the five and five order dice, you know, uh, five sprues, special characters, and stuff like that. Much like the with their normal starters, but this is like be a packaged of um, kind of introduction to bolt action. Cool. Nothing yeah. to do with it. Totally. Uh, I think it's so cool. I think it's 
to me, this is a better way of introducing someone than Band of Brothers, right? Like, if mm. Band of Brothers is cool, but I, I, I don't know. I think it's just easier for someone to understand at a, like, a singular model level to like how to start the game. Hopefully, it gives you the mechanics enough. I think. What I I've think seen this is similar to the way other games have gone to you know to just introduce a smaller scale of right. things. Of you only have to paint ten to twelve models. Yeah. Right. To play the game. Yeah. As opposed to. You know, what are we at now? Honestly, in a small scale, 700 point game, you're looking to have to paint 30, 30, 40. Yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of what this is going at. And I think it, I think it's a great idea. I think it's really cool. Firefight plays really well, too. I'm excited about that part. It looks, I mean, we yeah. played a couple games before everything went down, and it's fun as hell. And you don't, um, it's custom. It's custom made for linked campaign battles, especially yeah. when you add in the campaign system and you're earning new skills or you're leveling up some skills. You know, I mean, it's just it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's really really well done. It's a good idea. And mm-hmm. to throw in one more tidbit yeah. that we probably shouldn't talk about is that the they have the main five in in the in the base rulebook, and they have kind of tweaked their national special rules a little bit from. What the the bolt action are, just slightly, but not mm. unbalanced. And some of them are really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, 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 we've some of them, I'm areas. like, are you kidding me right now with this? But like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was like, what? Oh. Japanese have to pay for fanatic? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's not it's not just um, it's not the just, British hey, don't win all. <laughs> Let's take Firefight and package it in a way that we can sell or move a bunch of units and automatically possibly use it as a feeder into bolt action. Um, what we've seen, they've actually put a lot of work and thought into, okay, what can we do with the Firefight rule set? It is, uh, it, there are, it does take a lot from, from bolt action, but it is still kind of unique in its own way. There's some, some different things in there. So it's, and, and they, it's its they own speak- thing. So, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they paid special attention to bring that down from the platoon level to the individual level, you know, and, and made a distinction between those. Things just work just a little bit differently, but you're like, okay, I, I see what they're going for, that that makes sense. So we'll see when we go through some play testing in, in amongst ourselves and maybe a couple of our club mates and just see where we can do with that and, you know, give them proper feedback. But this is looking to be launched... Uh, probably early next year, Q1 or Q2 is what they're looking for. Sweet, nice, sweet. Sounds I'm, so. Yeah, but we have to we have to do we have to do the work and play the game and give them our feedback. I guess. Uh, okay. You know us poor guys. Yeah. You know. uh, yeah, it's terrible, right? right? Sounds sounds awful. Let's. let's I think do we it. should find a park with a lot of space and set up a few little spaces. I, I actually can always do that. Yes, and we can always do it. This is to me. This is yeah, but prime. we can do that when it gets cold. When it's nice and we're when safe. it's nice, go ahead and get outside. Right? Yeah, it's just not... four of us, you know, it should be fine. Right, well, we're under the minimum on curtains. Wear, wear a mask. Yeah, I'm willing to wear a mask, and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring my I mean, dice. I, or you bring we'll have our own dice bags, and yep. yeah, yep. yeah. So that was the other thing too. Uh, just you reminded me that the one thing they did at Twisted Lords is they required everyone to bring two sets of order dice up to the cap, which I think was sixteen. One of each color, so that you were always only pulling from your bag, but you had the colors. Yeah, both like colors. Rick, you cool. and I had done it with the poker chips thing too. Yep, yep. I mean, we could so, have just as easily done it with order dice too, right? Yeah. So that's that's it's an easy enough answer to the problem. So there's still a chance out there. Yeah. Right. 
Okay. Um, I, I love it. So yeah, let's... I look forward to that being out there. That that I look forward to actually playing this one kind of more than I do a regular bolt action game right now. Right. But other I, than I think it'll wand. be easier, especially in tabletop simulator for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Let's let's talk some rules now, since we talk about rules in every episode. Because I think it's it's always good to remind people. I think we've that talked about this rules. one in some other episodes, but let's talk about them again. Beep beep, you're on a truck. Uh, so transports. Uh, I don't know what you want to talk about with them other than they're pain in the ass to get in and out of. Well, apparently. Actually, they're easy to get out of. They're really tough to get back in once they're on the field. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. And the, I think you know, I, I've seen some battle reports, and I hear this question all the time. It's like, so if I want this unit to be in the transport of the game, do I have to tell you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, works. you do. And uh, unlike other things... Uh, the transport holds X number of men. It's not limited to order dice. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a, a capacity of 12 men, you have a 10-man squad, you can put your lieutenant in there, and if he's got another guy, you can put him in there too. Or if you've got a 16-man capacity, you can put you know, a 10-man squad, a lieutenant with his buddy, and a bazooka team. You're mm-hmm. still good. Now, granted, you might have some problems that to be a very big target when it rolls on the table, but, you know, it's a different problem. Yep. And, hey, by the way, if you have a lieutenant in a transport off-table in a game, he gets to apply his leadership to that transport's role to come in and reserve. Yep. Okay. He does? He does. He does, yes. That's the only ability he confers while on a transport. Right. And off the table. And so. off the table, Yes. Because when, he, when he's on the table and he's in the transport, he still gets to confer his leadership to the transport, correct? Right, but he can't yep. do snap two unless he's on the table. Yep. yep. Right. Okay. And so many people miss that. It's like, and that's the only way I'd ever considered inexperienced transport is if I had a... First Louie in there? Loose Louie on there, yeah. yeah. It's like, otherwise, you may not see that thing all game and have fun with that. Right. Right, Jeff? Right, Jeff? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's just one of those things that just happens once in a while. Uh, long en- enough times that I would say don't do it. But inability to roll a seven, yo. <laughs> right. Or your don't American go to Vegas least, after that. Yeah. Well, inability to roll a seven when you need to roll the seven. Right. Right. Well, yeah. you, it would have been good at any time. Quite honestly, <laughs> any time would have been better like, than never. Any time, any time, Jeff, just roll it now. Come on, man, you, you can do it. <laughs> no, not, I don't think I will. Like armored train, don't kill the chairs. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That chair got in my way. Yeah, right. Chair had it coming. And the other one. And the other one. And the other one. Well, yeah, the other one got in the first chair's way. He had right. it coming too. That's <laughs> when they Newton's all had law. Newton's law was just taking place there. That's right. <laughs> Please see episode, I think six. Right. So we talk about loadout already that you can jump. Uh, out? No. So one more thing further on the transports is uh, how many people have seen armored transports on the table? Yo, Jeff takes them. I do. Okay. Like, what, what do you mean by armored? Seven plus. Seven plus. Yep. As I was oh, say, yeah. I have a I have a buffalo that. And ninety ninety percent of them are open topped. I think yep. the yes. French are the only one that have a closed top. French and who well, else have others. closed top? There are a couple, but there aren't. There's not many. many. That's Mostly French. This wheeled? Yeah. Listen, listen to anything we've ever talked about, and you'll find whatever transport just got close top. 
Good luck. Wow, you're even more vague than I am. The French have two. That's I why I Yeah, I think them. it's... I, the only ones that I remember are French. Okay. There might be others. Close top ones, yeah. Close top, yeah. So, is taking armored transport a viable option? Because um, they're open-topped, they take pins... Kind of. Still kind of, yeah. They're very expensive. Yeah, I, it's only kind before of. Before you put yeah. weapons on them... Well, yeah. I think the American one comes standard. You're paying the points for it, but it comes You get standard. the Ford one, yep. The Ford. If you're lucky, it's Pintle, not the Ford. Deuce, yeah. I think you can do the job more cheaply. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think the my personal favorite is the Buffalo for that reason, because you can put a whole bunch inside guys. it. Yeah. Put your whole list inside it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the eggs in one basket and go hopping along, right? Right, and they all get pins. It's, it's great fun. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> pins for you, pins for me. Woo-hoo. Well, I mean, know, Rick, that means more will more will survive when it gets blown up. I mean, let's not. I'm just remembering that you're on the we're on the US WTC team together, and I'm just oh, like I'm listening I'm, to Rick go on, and I'm like, oh, what in the world? <laughs> right, right now, you know, I'm like tongue in cheek saying like. Like I brought it to one tournament, and I was I was the <laughs> ringer. I wasn't supposed to be playing in it. So yeah, I felt appropriate. I can bring it. I can bring a freaking uh, whatever the hell I want. Yes, that's that's certainly fair. I yeah. just yeah, <laughs> I, I beat Norway. <laughs> Yay! So did everyone else. Yeah, fair yeah. If you're if you're making it an efficient and best list, then armored open top transports should be on your display board and nowhere else. Yeah, good point. They, they do look good. They look great on the display board. They Most armored open top vehicles. If you're great. aiming for competitive, now if you're aiming for like style of points and looking cool, they look great on the board. Well, yeah, because yeah, you can't do it for historical either because they just weren't in fighting. Hannah Megs would see some combat, but that's okay. about it. And even well, that was probably by, because they're trying to retreat. Well, it, the later you get in the war, the less that happens actually because they're trying to preserve them as much as they can. Okay, but. The idea was, is yeah, they'd get you right into combat. And then they actually started doing that and realized, yeah, that open top's a pretty big liability. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a liability in the game, too. So It absolutely is. It's yeah. a huge liability in the game. Open topped on armored transports, well, whatever. We've talked about how it's one of those rules I wish they would change. But right, sure. Yeah. Well, open top in general is a liability in most games. Yes. Actually, in this game. Very much so in this game. More so than, I, I think this system punishes it more than other systems have punished it, I think. Sure, but that's neither here nor there because uh, it's not getting changed anytime soon. So no, yeah. In, in case no one's aware that there's no third edition on the horizon whatsoever. Hey, by the way, no third edition. No. So it costs Although you... honestly, I would like to see a, a you want to call it a version two point two, two point five, whatever. Two point five, yeah. A great. reprint oh. of the rulebook with all the current FAQ updates and stuff into it. I I would buy that mostly because. My binders kind of fall apart because right. I've, can really, we, <laughs> I've can really we, gone uh, through it a lot. Can we talk about no third edition really quickly? <laughs> sure, uh, we can. To. Yes, yeah, I've, sure. I've had some thoughts about that recently. That um, there isn't one. Yes, what's been said about no third edition, and and the point um, made by Warlord um, that I've heard a few times is simply, and it makes sense, and I don't disagree with it. Is simply that if it's not broke. Um, you don't need to fix it, mm-hmm. and I, I actually I agree with that, um, with some minor I, exceptions. Well, I, 
I'm, and and again, it's you know what's broken, what's not broken. I mean, there are certainly some things that don't necessarily work, which they which they admit, and they ask for continuing feedback on those kinds of things. And yep. and so overall, I I would agree with that. Um, you know, no third edition is not needed. It's if it's not broke. Um, then we don't need to fix anything, and they'll continue to FAQ and errata as, as needed, and update, moving things forward. Um, but I do, I do think, and I'm going to put this out there into the bolt action community, and if oh Warlords listening to this, I do think <laughs> there is a good reason to come out with a third edition um, that isn't related to whether if something is broke that you need to fix it. I think that if you innovate. If you have an innovation, um, that's a good reason to come out with the next iteration on something. Sure, don't if rest you on your can, laurels, if you so to speak. Exactly. If yeah. you can, if you can innovate something into bolt action um, to change the game, to refresh it. You know, I mean, we don't hang on to that. You know, that loaf of bread once it's gone stale. Um, you know, I mean, let's. So, if you can innovate a game, I can't wonder um, if Freezer says otherwise. Then it's. I think <laughs> that is worthy of another addition, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, don't don't just say, "Hey, it's not broke. We don't need to do anything here," or we can we can do minor things here or there, <coughs> and the Time game just plays fine. And it does. I, I I agree with that. The thing is, though, is that. Um, we're seeing innovations all over in a, a number of other games and with miniatures and things like that. And um, we love Warlord. We love Bolt Action. We love the guys that are there, the guys and gals, and, and all the work that they do. But we've been in, in second edition for a good long while now. And I'm excited about new stuff and what's happening. And I'd like, I think that would be a good reason to come out with third edition personally. So. Um, I'm just putting that out there, you know. I think they missed the iron in the 75th anniversary and just are just stepping back from it. Waiting mm-hmm. for the 100th? Well, and... and that and seems too far. <laughs> I think it's... Um, it Maybe maybe Firefight is like a, a bolt-action innovation. I mean, you right. can maybe... And I see that if they're if they're going forward with this, and this is could be the 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 what they have for it, that... If this gets released, then the third edition bolt action says that this one automatically has to be updated immediately, which seems tough. Right. But well, I don't disagree the fact that what you're saying, Dale, is that you know they've got several years of erratas and updates, and that there should be a different version release, and that a version release has a new excitement to it. Um. We we'll go back to even the last episode when John was talking about the fact that you know the, the way the sections were different between all the armies and their static across bolt action is what some of the consideration they're going with. Well, and maybe that and maybe that's the difference, Dale. Is maybe they don't need to update the rule book. Maybe that new you know that new excitement or new stuff could come from new army books, right? It's well, just an we, idea too, with like. You know, all of those all of those are first edition rule books. So I don't know. It's just a thought you could do something you could you know Germany needs to well, for Christ's sake. So so here's so here's the thing. Um we've been playing bolt action for three or four years now. Yep. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um some might was, argue less than that. 
When was the last two or three time weeks, maybe. <laughs> that you played a game of bolt action where it felt new and fresh? Like Besides I mean, Tabletop Simulator? Right. I mean, it's all, all the bolt action is starting to feel like all the other bolt action that I've played. You just club and seals? What? No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no. They're, they're like, oh, okay, yep, okay, you have I, that kind of list yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, yep, yeah. I've seen, okay. I get oh, I've, I, okay, new opponent, okay, yep, I've seen that list. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I can, I've reached the point where I can, I can, I can look at the game, I can see how the turns are moving, I, I understand bolt action, I know bolt action, and it feels like most of the games I've played have bolt action before. So, sure. it's just... So, Yep, when John Stollard approached Alessio, initially um, part of the request was, I'd like a competitive tournament game. With yeah. historical... Well, so. let's... I mean, I think we're giving them... You know, let's let's give them benefit of the doubt. I know they're working on... I think we... John talked about this. All right, hang on. Let me call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, talk, well, I mean, talking, and, and, you know, and he, it is, I didn't mean for this to be like... Yeah, you know, it, it's simply that you know, if it isn't broke, don't fix. I get it. I totally understand no. that. I, t- I think it's a perfectly valid you know approach to that they have taken. I would just like to say, you know what? If you know, if if you could innovate, that in my opinion, especially good innovation, that in my opinion would be worthy of a new edition as well. Sure. So that's uh, all. I'm gonna I'm gonna point out one other thing though that might it's a little bit uh, it's devil's advocate, I guess, in a sense. Whatever, um, so th- I feel like their innovation has ha- been happening, but they've been putting that effort and innovation into other games, right? So, like, um, why can't I think of their flight game? Jesus, Red Skies, or Cruel mm-hmm. Seas, or Victory at Seas. You know, they're looking at other games and how they can incorporate it into the same kind of world. Obviously, it's World War Two, sure. So it's like making them work together. So I think there's some interest there, like. Blood Red Skies was a unique game to me. I know that there were other games similar to it before it, but you know things like that. I I would love to see a third edition too, Dale. For the like you said, you, they shouldn't sit back. Uh, I will say let's let's wait until we see what they're doing with organized play. I think that could make a difference too. Let's hope that it helps encourage encourage or make it exciting again for you. I know that's not it's not that it's not exciting. Is that it's repetitive at this point? It's kind of what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, trying, I mean, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. So it's it's that. Okay. So yeah, it's it's simply, and I'm. Mm. It's just me. It's it's my approach to what's hap- or what's happening and, and what they've said, and and I I just feel like I've kind of I've kind of um um mostly solved the puzzles that the current edition of bolt action presents. Okay. And so I feel like I'm, I'm really interested in finding something that I can, I can unpack again and get my mind around and run, run the scenarios and the tests and all of those kinds of things. And so, um, and simply because, you know, something I, I, and again, innovation, I like game innovation, Uh, the, the dice bag mechanic. When we, when I first saw that, I thought that was brilliant and a really interesting take on back and forth play and the change of initiative and things like that. And then trying to build a list and the approach of the game to have to overcome that. So, um, I think another really interesting innovation that, that, 
you know the, the great minds there at Warlord that they can come up with might be fun and exciting to have to unpack again. Sure. So, totally. That I, I'd love, I'd love for something, whatever it is. Cool. Uh, I say we take a little break. Okay, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go listen to some polka. The, what the fuck? What are we doing, Pat? Why are you putting polka on this thing? Nobody's gonna listen anymore if we put polka in here. There's some good polka. Jo- I'm, joking, good song. I'm joking. It's, it's Bing Crosby and Andrew Sisters, so you Victory can't go polka. wrong with that. Yeah, Victory polka. Kind of, right. is, can I mention it? Kind of weirds me out that I know what the music's going to be before we listen. To it. I, it's creeping me out. We're on fifty-one. We're on the other side of the horizon. We can understand these. We've things. we've learned we're, something and moved forward. What we're going against? Wait, wait. Type did now. you say have we innovated? We've we, innovated. We got some static for not knowing this, what the hell music we're going to play. Is this is this is this snafu two point oh? Now I have to now I have to make a new shirt. Damn it. <laughs> Innovate. I knew you'd enjoy the music. Is what you're going to say? Like I knew you'd enjoy that. <laughs> No, you just leave out. You just enjoy the music. Use the imperative Yeah, tense. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like, it's not a choice anymore. You have well, to enjoy the no, music. No, it's... And we just cross it out on our current shirt, so you don't have to get a new shirt then. I got a Sharpie. <laughs> I got they're, a Sharpie. They're black I can't shirts. match the colors of my shirts. Yeah, well, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, see, that's Just duct tape. Just, just There's tape. that, too. Anyway. Duct tape has different annotations. Uh, oh, Lord. We hope you enjoy the music. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. There's gonna be a hallelujah day When the boys have all come home to stay And a million bands begin to play We'll be dancing the victory polka And when we've lit the torch of liberty In each blacked out land across the sea When a man can proudly say I'm free We'll be dancing the victory polka. And we will give a mighty cheer when the ration book is just a souvenir. And we'll heave a mighty sigh when each gal could kiss the boy she kissed goodbye. And they'll come marching down Fifth Avenue, the United Nations in review. When this lovely dream has all come true, we'll be dancing the victory polka. Dance, dance, dance the victory polka. John, John, the merry throng. Sing, sing, sing the victory polka. Raise your voices loud there's gonna be there's gonna be a great hallelujah day when the boys when have, the boys have all come home to stay and the million bands begin to play we'll be dancing the victory polka and when we've lit and when we've lit the torch of liberty Avenue, the United Nations in review. When the 
this lovely dream has all come true. We'll be dancing the big tree polka. We'll be dancing the big tree polka. All right. Welcome back. Hope you like the music. Thanks. Uh, it was all right. Yeah. Bing Crosby and the Andrew Sisters. We've, doing, we've heard it before. Doing some victory polka. <laughs> we haven't played that song yet on this I podcast. could go for some Waltzing Matilda. Yeah. I think we should do another Waltzing Matilda episode. When's, when's the next British <laughs> When's the next British book that we're going to do? Waltzing Matilda, that was Australian. Oh, you're right. Sorry. My bad. Uh, we, so we played it com- twice for common, crying out loud. Commonwealth of Great Britain. How's that? Sure. Does that count? Does that work? Well, gee, I don't know. Do you think they'll release another book with some overpowered British units in it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Firefight says hello. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So this is not a firefight book. This is campaign mar- marinara. <laughs> Jeez. Holy shit. Mar- Mariana, Mariana and Palau Islands. Right? Is that how you say it? Palau? Palau. 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 Mariana and Palau Islands. I, you know, like pull out, which is why I know you don't know how to pronounce uh, it. God damn it, I was going to make that joke and I decided to be nice. Yeah. And, and, and way to, way we, to go blue right after break. Yeah, right. There's the, there's the episode I mean, title. Not I mean, your marinara. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I knew I knew where it was going. I, I would have made the joke myself, but that's not in good taste, I guess. You um, could set up, man. Yeah, right. That's my job. That's all I'm here for. Is I'm, yeah, I'm the punching bag, apparently. Uh, so sack punching sack. No, not in the sack. No, not not tonight anyway. More right. Why you got four kids? You're good. Yeah. yeah. You just got done telling me to let it leak out in my mouth outside. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has gonna edit all this out, right? <laughs> oh hell no! No, it's all okay. <laughs> this is the opening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh Jesus. Mm. All right, we all need to get more drunk. Apparently, no. All right, so let's go through this book. This is another campaign book set in the Pacific. This which is the first campaign book set in the Pacific. Specifically Pacific. Specific, specific Pacific, yes. Say that three times fast. Um, I'm good. Wasn't Empire in Flames mostly? Or was that, did that cover that Chinese? Was, that was first edition. That this one. That was, it was a Japanese empire, actually. Okay. They're um, an over, uh, like a 50,000-foot view of um, their experience from the start to the end. Sure. Okay. And that okay. was a theater book. This is a campaign book. Somebody explained the difference to me. Theater well, books are from version one. And theater books are from <laughs> 50,000 feet. And campaign yes. books are, are from... So, okay. So, these are like in much smaller segments, right? So, we're just talking about two islands. Right. So, Battleground uh, Europe is or, a theater book. And yep, right. Battle of the Bulge is a campaign book. Okay. Yeah. Great. It's a lot more than two islands. Oh, well... They're gaming chains. Chains, all right. I guess they do say islands, sure. Okay. Wonderful. All right, that's a good starting. So, let's so that completes our geology or geography lesson. Yep. Geology, too. Ge- geology. Maybe we'll touch on the geology later. Lava yes. stone, probably. Coral. So, coral, okay. Not Pacific good. Islands. So it had like yeah. a 50-50 shot. Some coral. Beaches. Yeah, only half that chance. Mm. Okay. All right, so that's that's... Where it is. When was it? 44. Okay. Right around the same time as... Um, Normandy. Normandy, yep. Okay. Yep. Which is probably no one why no one remembers this campaign at all. Right. 
let alone the fact that we probably we know very little about the Pacific, the specific Pacific, the specifics com- of the Pacific. Comparatively, I, I remember I remember watching the series on HBO, and that's about the, the furthest my education in the Pacific theater probably really lied. So, interestingly enough, the there are parts of this book that credit that series into kind of kickstarting some interest in yeah. this particular campaign. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wondering which part of the series was was based on this campaign then. Well, or it was, was 44, so... Yeah. It was 44, and it was the Pacific and their islands. Thanks, guys. It's a really... <laughs> really appreciating the educational lesson <laughs> here. It's working out very well for me. Yeah. The, the early episodes of the... The Pacific. early episodes, okay. The, the fight, where the actual fighting happened? Is that the one before he banged that Australian chick? Well, right, because then that, there's basically no more fighting when that happens. I don't well, know. I, mean, I, I'm, I didn't watch the whole series, but yeah, it was... Yeah, you didn't miss much at the end. I'm not going to lie. No offense to anyone that fought in that war, but whatever the hell that series or, was, the end of it was series. not as exciting. See, it was the... It was it not was Band of Brothers. No, but it was the no. Pacific equivalent of it. Yes. But still, it was no Band of Brothers. Uh, still worth watching, in my opinion. It still does give you some very good ideas of what World War II was like, you know, and some of the, it went through some of the different stuff, like the bonds and stuff, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, in I, just, way. I just looked it up, five, six, and episodes five, six, and seven will cover Palau. It, it's Peleleu is where he's at, but Palau is the island chain. Okay, cool. There you go. So if you want to get into the mood, you can pause here and never come back and go watch that, or you could just stay here and we'll talk about it some more, right? Maybe. Maybe. Are we going to talk about it? All right, so let's get into it. So it's, it's a campaign book. I'm not seeing as many maps in this one, guys. There's there's a three. There's a few. There's, right. Yeah, there's a few. All right. So they kind of go through some different, I mean, oh, they're talking. Oh, called the Pacific. All right. All right. So it starts out, like, it, like, goes shebang. Here's some scenarios <laughs> type stuff. doesn't give you, like, a 15,000-page history at the beginning. Um, it, um, it breaks the history up as they deal with the specific uh, island change. Specific Pacific? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Which I frankly find a better way to organize one of these books. I, I would agree wholeheartedly. Like, I do like being able to, like, here's my, you know, because the, the first thing you do is I'm not going to read the ten pages. I'd rather read, like, two pages and here's the scenario that's related to it. And then kind of yeah, moving like on to from find, there. I like to find the setting and the time period. First. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then any little tidbits around that, and maybe the you know who's involved. I mean, we, this one's pretty clear, but wait, I don't. What do you the, mean? The, if I, as far I, as who I, fought I, in the Pacific I, Islands I, I, in forty four, Ireland? Did Ireland? Yes. Well, yes. these islands. These <laughs> islands. Yeah, oh, these I, islands. Yeah. Okay. Different. Wrong islands. islands. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Far less palm trees. On those. Right. Right. Okay. So we get into scenarios. So it looks. Um. So I'm not going to drain every page here, but we got the. So we have like a beach landing scenario. Yeah. So, so this they, one, you. Th- I'll, I'll grab this one. This one is great, I think, because it acknowledges the fact that every time an island is invaded, there's almost the same kind of scenarios that happen, and it gives us four scenarios here in the beginning, basics, and then each setting might tweak or modify those scenarios a little bit for your oh, cool. games. Okay. It's it's really efficient way to do this. Yeah. So here's how you'd set up. Here's here's 
the so, basics, right? So make and then sure you, do you tab different. page eight because that's yeah. where you're going to keep going back to where they tell you what the victory points are, blanket victory points for every scenario. Yep. Uh, so they're US all the players, same. Okay. They're all the same. Yeah. There's some additions based sure. on scenario, but basically, uh, U.S. player scores one point for each Japanese unit destroyed. Japanese player scores one point for each American unit destroyed, and two points for each American HQ unit destroyed. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So and so that's blanket across every scenario in the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and so, yeah, and so walking into this, you know, if you had to choose four scenario types that you would do for a campaign book that focuses on, um, and one, the 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 attacker storming and trying to capture an island, what would those be? And that's uh, that's exactly what you get. So. Yeah. Right, you you get there, they fight back, you move in, and then you have to get them out of their their hard points. Right. Right. So the initial push in and you clear away the beaches and then it's you know, there's the back and forth and then finally getting them ultimately out, you've got to go and storm those defended positions, the really strong point ones. Do I sure. go through those and then we can just kinda if any any other scenarios interest us? Yeah, so once yeah, do what the four are and then you sure. can you know, so Knock it out. So yeah. there's the beach landing. And Jeff, you can do counterattack. Sure. I like the beach landing one. So, <laughs> um, first of all, the attacker has twice the points as the defender. So every time you, in each scenario says which scenario type to use, what these four. So the beach landing, the objective is to always get to the back line. And it's split up, uh, the, going six inches, another six inches to the center line, and then you want to get to the final six, and the final six is where you want to get to. So the very first six inches is the deep water, and this requires all your dudes to be in boats of some kind or be a boat of some kind themselves. Beep, beep, I'm a boat. Right. Okay. i get those ducks in workouts. And then yeah. you have to get into the oh, shallow yeah. water. So the first six inches is deep water, and then the second six is, is, set, is shallow. And then you have to deal with some... Uh, there's special rules for shallow waters and some reefs that might cause you to hang up, get stuck, and or sink, or not bother you at all. And then inches 12 through 18 are all sand, which is all rough ground. So, yay, have fun with that. Once you get out mm-hmm. of the boat, you're not moving fast. And then just because it's really fun, all the defenders are dug in and have what's called a spider hole network, which basically means if they make a move from one bunker to another, they still count as being dug in. Oh, fun. And if that's... Okay, so on the good side, if you're attacking, you get the... Pre- uh, preliminary bombardment. Uh, no roll, it just happens. Nice. So keep in mind that a lot of your forces are dug in, so they're having the hits from HE. And just when you think you have a chance, well, all the defenders have what's called pre-registered fire, which means all their indirect start with a start with a plus one to hit. Until they become zeroed in, then it's the normal two plus. Yay. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, like I said, you need to get you get one victory point for every unit that gets three inches within the opposite edge of the table. So you get to go all the way across this, but you do have eight turns to do it, and you do have twice the number of points as they do. Sure. Okay, I'm I'm confused by your deployment zone measurements, but so the, it's not a four foot table. So, oh, is it, sorry, 12, 12, 12, 12. Yeah. There okay. All right. So there's four sections. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Twelve inches of deep water. Right. Shallow water, then sands, then the deployment zone. Okay, yeah, got so it. So shallow water where you start, then yep. all the reefs, then all the rough ground, and then you still have to get 
three inches from the edge of the table. Sure. Yeah, to the last 12 inches. Of you know, since this is where it starts, too, we should mention that if your transport craft gets destroyed in deep water, if you guys, you get a chance to deploy the unit on it, and if it can't get to shallow water from where it's destroyed, it's lost. Right. Jeez. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Although, I guess if you're floating out in the deep water for too right. long, you're probably ain't, doing something wrong. Ain't nobody wearing gear floating anywhere, so. No, right. Well, it's, <laughs> I, I do appreciate that it feels very much in line with how... So wait, how this, this must have been before OSHA, or they should have all had life vests on. I don't know how much <laughs> OSHA there is in a war, but... Not much. Yeah. Not much. Definitely some Geneva conventions, but I don't know that that has anything to do with... There might be an OSHA, but it's the Japanese fellow with a machine gun on the beach. Jeez. <laughs> That's his name? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Actually, I believe it's pronounced Ocean, but yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, right. All right. Okay. So That's the beach landings. Yes. Brutal. Yeah. Nope. It's, it turns out they were. Right. I mean, that's kind of the whole way they weren't down, right? Yeah. Throw a lot of dudes at it. That seems to be the the only way you can really get it done. But this is tons of dudes you could put in L, you know, landing craft. Yeah, and buffalo. Get, buffaloes. Get and waterborne Shermans like, and whatnot. Wee, yeah. yeah. Or what's this, the this would look sweet. crocodile? Crocodiles in there? Is that amphibious? That the... I don't think the Sherman crocodile is amphibious. Yeah, the Sherman there. crocodile is one with a flamethrower. I don't think mm-hmm. that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I just, you assumed it was croc- crocodile. You'd assume it's amphibious of some sort. Sounds cool. All right, okay. Next one is counterattack. Yeah, counterattack. This one's fun. So this is where the uh, forces defending are going to, well, defending the island are going to be aggressive and push back. So your defender, which is usually the Americans in this scenario, uh, has to set up their entire army first in their deployment zone. Um, they can be dug in, but they cannot use hidden, just FYI. The attacker gets twice his points, and he's in the 12 inches across the board from you. Um, and then he can deploy his entire army or up to half and leave the rest in reserves if he wants to. Uh, he can't outflank with the exception of the Japanese night infiltrators. Those guys cannot flank. Those guys are brutal. Brutal, yeah, super brutal. Uh, and then, to top it off, the, ta- the attack launches out of the cover of darkness. Use all the standard rules for night fighting as found in 219 of the Bolt Action Rulebook. Sweet. So, your long-range shooting's not going to have a lot of advantage against uh, a, lo- a horde of infantry coming at you. So you're going to need some muzzle flare markers. Yeah, and a lot of them. Oh, and if we haven't said dug in, you basically, be, you basically count as down. Yeah. And if you go down, you get an additional minus two. Makes you really hard to hit. Makes you annoyingly hard to hit. And so wait, hidden is what hidden is. Obviously. So the Americans are dug in in this one? Yeah, usually mm-hmm. the Americans are the defender, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So they'll be dug in and praying to God they knock down enough of the Japanese on the way in that they don't get assaulted and lose. So do we oh. see what the infantri- infiltrators do? Uh, do, we, do we want to cover that now? Sure. We should talk about it. Why not? Why yeah, why not? Sure, why not? Yeah. Why don't we talk about them, Pat? Uh, so in conditions of revo- reduced visibility, uh, Japanese infiltrator infantry units uh, that given an ambush order may force the closest enemy unit within 12 inches to pass an order test. Uh, so basically what they did is they would like light firecrackers or speak out in English or shoot flares or just shoot just to try and get them to get the enemy to, re- to react to them. And... You know, the inexperienced guys would sometimes, the veterans would know better than just to shut up. But uh, if they do react, then they get a muzzle flash marker, which is 
what the night fight covers. Um, food bars are normal. Uh, if they pass the test with a roll of two, tables are turned and the enemy unit kills one of the Japanese infiltrators. Hmm. So if you hit those snake eyes and you're passing the order test, it turns back on them. But otherwise, it's just a way to give away your position and you have to get the, the muzzle flash markers, which are all part of night fight. Mm-hmm. So kind so of like Brandenburgers almost. Kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. These guys kind are super of. nasty in night fighting scenarios. Cool. And it's also an eight turn with a possibility of a ninth turn game. Dear Lord. Yep. So uh, plenty of time to get your infantry across the board. Yeah, because right. the night fight slows everything down. So. Yep. Uh, to keep that in mind as well for the first one is that it's also an eight turn game. Yep. With a possibility of nine. So, so they're longer games, which I think is kind of cool too. That's that's fun. Yeah. Well, what's the next one? Advance is the next one. I'm trying to figure out who the attacker and the defender is in this one. We'll see Americans that are advancing. This is usually the Americans. It's the Americans advancing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Twice the points again. Uh, No, same equal equal points. points. Equal points, sorry. This is equal. Mm -hmm. So, and this is the uh, defenders get uh, get to be dug in again, and they also have the spider hole network, so this is usually the Americans around the attacking side. Sure. So this is like the closest to the generic bolt-action scenario you're going to get. Right. It's still attacker-defender, so... Yep. It's still attacker and defender, I mean, and of course the defenders got some advantages up their sleeves. And well, yeah, being dug in is a huge advantage in an even points game. Oh, God, yeah. So... Well, there are ways to get around that. Another eight-turn game. Possibility of a ninth. Yep. Uh, and this, I think, is this an objective one? No. Uh, no, it can no. be in the specific scenarios, but the general one of this just has the normal points listed. Right. The protect uh, America protector HQs. Yep. Don't take many. <laughs> take one. You required the one and hide the crap out of them. I guess. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, seems about right. Uh, and then we get strong point assault, which again, uh, so it's the defenders of the Japanese again in this case. It yep. Like. Mm-hmm. Yep, Typically. The attackers get twice the twice the points. Okay. Ooh, attackers or the defender may not include any vehicles or artillery in their force, unless specified in the scenario. Ouch. Mm-hmm. And this is the defenders getting trenches, bunkers, and minefields as part of their army. Mm, okay. So instead of armor, you get things that go boom. No, you get what double points and things that go boom. Well, it's the defender that gets. Yeah, the attacker gets. Well, the attacker gets double attackers points. Twice. Attacker yeah. gets double points because yeah. yeah. well, they're right. they're going to chew through them. Right, right. Because there's trenches, bunkers, minefields, and then of course the typical dug in. Yep, those things are just brutal. Yeah, so the bunkers you get three, and then an additional one for every 500 points in the defender's force. So you're Oosh. talking five bunkers at a thousand points. And and those are free. Those, uh, yeah. Right, those don't cost you anything yet, so you right. haven't even spent any points and you've got five bunkers. And then, uh, 50 points per six inch of minefield. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna. How much are trench, trenches cost you anything? Uh, count as hardcover. Uh, they must just get some. Uh, you choose You choose either trenches, oh, right, bunkers, or, bunkers. or minefields. So right. you choose which strong point you want to use in the scenario, or the one that's actually recommended. In that particular scenario, that's using these strong point assault rules. 
Six Got minefields it. for free and 50 points for each additional. Uh, yikes. Okay. Yeah. Hold I on. mean, read, read this one to me, Pat, here in the trenches section. So if I pick trenches as my three objectives, right? Yeah. Now, if I'm reading this, each trench is big enough, blah, blah. The trenches are deployed with their units. Additionally, after all units are deployed, each separate trench may be joined to another trench section by a connecting trench if desired. So I get three that are the objectives, and then I can connect them with more trenches to make a trench system. <laughs> so that's what it reads like. I guess if you desire. Why would you not desire? I have no idea. <laughs> so you can get a whole big-ass trench network then, which is three sections that are the objectives. Hey, I have a board that's got a crap ton of trenches. Right, so do mm-hmm. I. <laughs> Mention that. Wait a minute, there's trenches in World War II? Yeah, no way. How bizarre. Defended positions, man. The Japanese held those islands for a while before before right. anyone well, showed up. So I remember true. doodling uh, big mountains of World War II Japanese islands with all the traps and stuff and low planes flying around when I was in like second, third grade. I was an idiot kid, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was like the thing we did. We all drew those mountains with the traps. and. Yeah. Oh, dude, I drew those too, but I guess I never put together that they were... Pacific that, that they were based on this. Yeah, I never would have. That was never where my mind went. My my mind was like spy versus spy type shit. So, oh. which I can't imagine was that, but maybe it was. Uh, anyway, all right. So that's those are just like the generic scenarios. Like here are the four types of scenarios you'll see during this book. You haven't even talked about any of the actual about any of the actual theater you know, a campaign that happened during this. So we're gonna get into we're gonna get into that now. So the marinara, the, the marinara. Oh, I think you say marinara. Holy cow! This is Barbarossa all over again. <laughs> Barbosa. Uh, Mariana campaign here. So this Operation Forager is where it starts. Yep. Uh, no scenario, just a little bit of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle of Saipan. Again, no. Oh, oh map, app. See a map. You get a map of Saipan. Yeah, yep. it's a map and then of we Saipan. Get our, yeah, so we get D-Day in Saipan is the first scenario. And boxes, which I'm just barely beginning to understand what they might mean, which means I probably have it wrong. And there's new boxes. <laughs> there's new things here. Well, they got oh, little landing points, I'm presuming. Is that what the anchor is? No, that's what the, the, the red 1, 2, 3, green 1, 2, 3, I presume those were landing points that they had. Sure. On the edge of the island, right? That would make sense. Yes, those are the landing zones. No, no, no. Anchor, anchor that would be would be navy, right? Well, it conveniently that says troops? that's the navy sector. So, okay. yeah. So, what were marine or U.S. Now, Marines did all the inbounding, and then like the U.S. troops came in after and like served coffee and stuff, right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <Quite>. <laughs> no actually, there's a little bit of history. It gets outlined in the early part of this book that, for reasons that. Some people disagree on. We would, there's a two-pronged strategy through the Pacific with the Marines doing the island hopping campaign that we're much more aware of because the Marines have much better PR uh, with yeah. a set of landings, and the Army doing different landings on different islands and eventually moving in through the Philippines. Sure, so more of the a army. Yeah, more of a I straight think, line to Japan. Yeah. So I think there were like something like two to one or three to one Army to Marine divisions, but you never hear about the Army in the Pacific, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we all know they were there. They were, and there yeah, there was some there was some army action 
set up um, to support and reinforce the Marines. Yes. yes. And so there, you know, there was some Marine actions, and then the Army would come in, quote unquote, mop up duty. But a lot of these engagements, the mop up duty was just as rough as as the initial push. So. So if I had a couple U.S. Army figures mixed in with my Marines, it wouldn't be. Out of the question, not out of question. Particular battles, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, army squads and marine squads. So I'm sure that there's some. Well, I could only find a U.S. Army flamethrower model. I didn't. I couldn't find a. I couldn't find a marine flamethrower model. Warlord makes one. Do they? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it wasn't. uh, Maybe it wasn't what I was looking for it and what what I wanted to pay for it. It, I think it came with all of them, though, right? You had to get the HQ and the sniper and the medic and all the shit Yeah, together. it came in a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, if I remember correctly. I actually okay. bought that a couple right. from Gaddis Gaming because he would get me a set of... Just yeah, I almost guys. picked up, like, six from him. <laughs> yeah. At one point, there was a there was maybe a chance I was going to bring a lot of flamethrowers. Yep. Hey, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll check out some of the theater selectors. You might still be able to. Oh, you can take it in a reinforced platoon, no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets even worse than some of the theaters. Like, oh, sweet, awesome. Glad to hear that. Um, where were we? <laughs> uh, Saipan. Saipan. So we're in D-Day Saipan. So scenario mm-hmm. one is a beach landing. It gives you the story. The uh, so we get a little we get a little snippet. I like always seeing these top secrets of the Nav- Navajo code talkers because mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. It's actually, if you uh, Google Earth Saipan, if you get a second, since you're listening to this somewhere probably near your computer, those little squiggly blue lines on the map are reefs, and they do not do justice to what these reefs actually look like. Oh, really? Like, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they dedicated special rules to the reefs. Let me tell you, don't roll low. I forgot about Google Earth. Wow, this is a thing. It is, in fact, a thing. <laughs> wow. Been around for a while. My house is on it, so you know it's good. Go. That's Google Maps, dude. This is Google Earth. Oh, yeah. they're still on here, but yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like wow. That's dude, it's something totally different, but yeah, it's still on here. <laughs> I mean, if you go look at this one, dude, it's like it looks like it's on a giant mountain. This reef is incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, you totally should go do that. It is pretty. I, I forgot all about Google Earth. Anyway, I'm gonna turn that off now. Get distracted and see pretty things. Uh, scenario two, counterattack. It's a Japanese counterattack. Yeah, I'm just. I'm not going to drain all of them. Obviously, as we've seen all of these, we just talked about what they basically were. Scenario three is a counterattack. I don't know if we want to. If you, if anyone calls out something that they want to talk about, is in specifics, specific Pacifics, specific Pacifics. Yes, uh, I will say that the it's really well set up. Yes. I feel like this book is on par with all of the new campaign books. I think this is a, a fantastic, like you, like you said, like the story is very narrative. Like, yeah, even down to the, the starting time of the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or night, as the case may be. And there's, there's good history in here, too. I really like that. Well, especially since it's kind of a, a topic that we don't often cover in great depth. Right. History? No, Correct. well, specifically the specific Pacific, specifically the Pacific, right? It doesn't get nearly talked about, other than like the Code Talkers. Yeah, they, they had like a whole of, movie yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they had like one whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I think this, we need to get a. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, and, and this, you know, the island hopping, this warfare, 
was well it was it was brutal but you know the flamethrowers were very heavily featured and you know that no one really feels very great or heroic or that kind of stuff you know so it's right you know i you know in the same way that we don't talk about all the carpet bombing that we participated in because no one feels really great about that um i think this kind of falls in line with that a little bit as well so sure a little yeah a little less glorifying speaking of glorifying do you want to talk about uh captain marvel uh wait did i miss something here 34 I don't know if oh. I scrolled ahead of you or not. You did. Right at the end of Scenario 4, there's a... Uh, here's the Pacific Private Lee Captain Marvel Marvin. Yeah, I, I was just there, but I had not gotten there yet. But yes, yeah. we should talk about it. We so, should, yeah. So, 10-point upgrade to one of your BARs. Uh, when he shoots, he ignores any hit modifiers due to pins. The rest of the unit still does, but for 10 points, he doesn't have to suffer any pins hmm. when shooting. Nice. Interesting. I think it's fun. Yeah. Covering fire is his special rule, which I mean, is ironic because it sounds like he might hit other than the ones who are just shooting. <laughs> yeah, not much of covering fire. But yeah, his nickname, I guess, is Captain Marvel. Okay, cool. Guys like their comic books. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so scenario five is Death Valley. I'm trying to figure out what type of scenario this one is. Uh, it was a different deployment zone for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's an advance, but it's got a different deployment zone than the generic. And it's also got the long night special rule, and it's got the ammo cache special rule, which is crazy. Would you like to know about it? Yes, yes. yeah. I'd I'm, like to I'm, know more. I'm actually. Right. <laughs> okay, Starship Trooper. <laughs> right? So, uh, basically, instead of having all the uh, supply lines with all the ammunition in the rear like they normally would, they stored them at the front. So, you, wherever these are marked on the board, uh, if a unit within two inches of an ammo cache is hit by either an HE or a flamethrower weapon, if the unit is, uh, the ammo, or if the ammo cache itself is targeted by a flamethrower HE, there's a chance that it'll catch on fire. And it is exactly a 50% chance, because it's a four up. Uh, And when it explodes, it's treated as a heavy howitzer. Ouch. Centered on the ammo cache and automatically hits every unit under its four inch template. Oof. And then you can remove the ammo cache because it kind of blew up. And replace it with a crater. <laughs> and replace it with a crater. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Okay. I mean, it's an interesting rule. I don't know how often I put my shit next to an ammo cache, I guess. Well, again, it was, you know, what they had to do to keep munitions right. going. Is they, had right. to be, they didn't have the time to bring them from the front because they are having such a terrible time moving things to the islands with all the mm. mud and the monsoons and all that stuff. Sure. So. To have it already there, I suppose. Yep. Well, you, running out of ammo on the front line is way worse. Sure. Yep. I would imagine. I've never run out of ammo on the front line personally, but it doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> Can't imagine it was. Quite honestly. Right. Uh, scenario. So that one's interesting. I mean, it's just a different deployment zone, which I think is kind of cool. The Americans look like they're really getting hosed on that one, though. Definitely getting pinched. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at forces. Uh, it doesn't look like they get different than normal. No, it's still a stock. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a thing in here. One of the other things I really like about this book is that there's pictures, uh, obviously, that are nice. Lots of Japanese armor. Yeah, there you is. You never actually. see Japanese tanks, but there are a ton of Japanese <laughs> tanks in these. 
There's even some of those snuff uh, amphibious tanks they get, which are really cool. You're right. They don't. Yeah, you don't see often see a lot of armor, but there's quite a bit in here. You're right. And a lot of the pictures of some of the terrain they have is all stuff that I currently have and can put together. So, right. You know, inspiration is nice. You, right. any one of us, could build this table. Yeah. Or has built this table. Or has built this table. <laughs> I built built pieces of this table for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, which one was that? That was that was five, five. So six is uh, is is that Harry Carey, Harry uh, Harakiri? Jesus, sorry guys. Uh, Harakiri Gulch, Gulch, yeah. Which again, that's is American strong point assault. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna try and. Yeah, not a lot of tank war scenarios in this book. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that. Uh, this one's got a rolling artillery barrage special rule. Yikes. Uh, Japanese force uh, suffers the effects of preliminary bombardments. However, remember that they can count their dug in. So that's okay. That's. Yeah, right. So basically pins. Right. Well, so I guess it, it's a. It's an assault, which the assault doesn't come with a preparatory bombardment. So. Oh. So they just sneak it in. With that. Okay. Oh, and they don't have the machine gun stewards. They use the M5A1s. Oh, they must not have read the bolt action rules. Uh, nope. <laughs> they went with the actual superior tank. <laughs> what were they thinking? I don't know, right? Well, they get to include these for free, so that's kind of hard not to, not to take yeah, it in. Yeah, let's not it. complain about free things. Yeah. Oh, are they free? Nice. How much? How many do they get? Well, no, so the Japanese player may take no vehicles. However, two American M51A stewards are included in their force for free. Oh, so they've captured stewards? Yeah, they've occupied these tanks. <laughs> so the Japanese get them, not the Americans. Okay. Right. I mean, they're both inexperienced, so. Well, and they have to start sense. within eight inches of the center of the table. <laughs> oh, kind of, we got this now, what sort of thing? Well, however, the rear of the tanks faces the Americans' deployment, so. So basically, no. their tracks have been knocked out. They're they stuck move. there. Yeah, they they push move. the Americans off. The Japanese move forward and occupy them. Basically, rotate the turrets around if they can work out how it works. But they can't move. So, And you use the minefields for so. this scenario. That's hilarious, though. Okay. Yeah, so reach out to your favorite resin uh, producer of tanks and see if he, he or she can get you some of those bad bad uh, casts of Stuart so you can throw them on your table for this scenario. That's a good call, actually, yeah. Some yeah. some miscasts that don't have, tre- that you can't get good treads on them. Hmm. Hey, John, we need some more miscasts. <laughs> right, send us a weird yeah. box of miscasts. I like that. It's not, but that's not, not rolling double sixes in Warhammer World. I don't like that miscast anymore. Well, nobody else could set reference, okay. <laughs> no, the, the miscast was... Um, Double one, wasn't it? Wasn't it total power on double six? Uh, yeah, this yeah. cast was so, like so. Sixth edition was double ones, and then they get did away with that. In seventh edition, they made it, or eighth well, edition, they made it. If you rolled irresistible, you suffered a you miscast suffered as a well. Miscast, yeah. They were like one and the same at that point. It's like you overpowered yourself and tried to blow yourself up. All right, so I dated myself to fourth edition Warhammer fantasy. <laughs> yeah, wow, I'm geez. sorry. <laughs> wow, what a noob. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, this world doesn't exist anymore. I'm depressed now. I was uh, back when the Magic Rules came with um, in their own box set. Yes. And you, you had the cards. So, anyways. That was, well, they, the eighth edition had cards, too. You didn't need them. Well, no, the, yes. 
there was the deck of cards that powered the spells. Right. So. Fourth edition was like you didn't necessarily even get to pick what deck, you know, what spell you cast. It was whatever you drew off the deck. Yeah. It was kind of a weird, weird world. Um, anyway, that was our tangent for Games Workshop. Uh, we expect lots of good things from you now. Not really. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they'll send us a postcard. Uh, so Scenario 7 is... They'll probably try to sue us. <laughs> right, they'll, they'll cease and desist us is what they'll do. <laughs> that seems more realistic. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's that's the swag we get is here's our letter from a lawyer. Cease and desist. Uh, <laughs> Counterattack Scenario. So this is... Uh, I'm not even going to try and do that one. Uh, 100 million shattered jewels is what it says in American. So uh, we're going to leave it at that. Is the name of the scenario. Yeah. Is the name of the scenario. Another new deployment zone but still following the same rules. All right, so it looks like that's all of the scenarios for Saipan. But now we get into theater selectors for Saipan. Yeah, I'm just going to add something here. Since I had Google Earth open, because I'm easily distracted, <laughs> I've never actually looked at Saipan before, but the topography of this island looks awful to fight in. All mountainous and shit? Holy crap, there are some really sheer cliffs and some really deep valleys in here. Hmm. I can't this imagine like, that would be fun. No, this looks like a mess. Kind of was a mess. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, this—I didn't realize just how, how that map doesn't do. Yeah, that map doesn't do justice to how jaggedy and the drastic <coughs> elevation changes in this. It's crazy. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, anyway, sorry. No, it's, that's a good, good uh, shiny object that we can all pay attention to for a second. So go look at Google Earth again. Uh, so the Saipan if you US haven't stopped, right? We maybe haven't stopped. I had to stop because I couldn't do it and look at this <coughs> at the same time. Uh, so then we have the Saipan US Theater Selector. I don't see anything spectacular yet. I'm sure Pat will tell me otherwise. Zero three Zook teams. Okay, all right. Um, that doesn't excite me much in it. Well, um, versus Japanese, quite honestly. Right. It adds the USMC International M24 rocket truck, one ton, four by four. Pew, pew, pew. There you go. We haven't talked about that yet, but yeah. Oh, believe me, we'll be talking about that. Yeah, we'll be drilling all over that in a second. All right. Um, should we talk about that now, then? Or should we keep moving nah, on? Well, let's, 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 we'll let's, get tease, let's tease that one on. All right. Well, yeah, I'm just going to tease but that right. uh, Several people just hit fast forward 30 seconds about eight times. Yeah. Well, Maybe. you'll need to do more. Good luck finding it. We'll, we'll bury it in here somewhere. Uh, so that was so that was. Oh my gosh! Go back up. Second Marine Division, the Silent Second, and the Fighting Fourth. So then we go yeah. on to the to twenty the U.S. Army. Did you see they put the chaplain back in the twenty seventh? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the little asterisks are? Where are the asterisks going to? There's little uh, asterisks. New units typically. Probably new units. New units. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, it's new units. Like. They're the spoiler alert for people reading the book. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, you haven't these. seen this before. We know. Right. Okay. Wait for it. All right. So then they have an army theater selector as well, which I think is kind of nice that they at least included it. Yep. Uh, that's pretty standard. It's interesting to call it engineer squad specifically as well, its own thing now. What they do is they narrow down the basically the tanks that were used, which are the smaller, lighter ones. Right. Americans have a huge motor pool. This is narrowing it down to historicals. Right. Which is good. Which is good. Right. That's narrowing it down. Yeah. Uh, And then there's a Japanese theater selector. Again, uh, 
six infantry. Yeah, I was just say outside of the extra infantry, I'm going to see zero two, two anti tank teams. Right, okay. which is, turns into six. Yeah, because they get three, three for one. Each? Okay. Yeah, they get three for one. Yeah. There's the suicide anti tank team and the new improvised anti tank team. So right. So we'll have to check that out. Get that yeah. We've already mentioned yeah. the Japanese night infiltrators are included in this one. There's a Imperial Japanese okay. Army IJA engineer squad now finally um, as well included. So there's a couple the machine gun section. There's a couple new units. There's se- several yep. asterisks in this one, which is kind of nice. See some new stuff coming up here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some nice Osprey illustrations, and then we get back my favorite. Into my favorite new um, selection that we're going to come up with later on isn't included in this one, but it's um, it's a it's a good one. Okay, <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Yeah. So let's talk about the next section, which is Battle of Guam. Yep. So Got another great chunk of history and another yep. map. Yep. With the same confusing symbols that I'm barely figuring out. Nikes, there's a lot more red on here, though. <clears throat> Yeah, it seems, it seems like a good thing, I guess. Uh, I guess that's a... I mean, for us, it was a great thing, I suppose, but it just... We've, we've taken over half the island. It looks like one really tall flag in one spot. There's a bunch of people there. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are Japanese units. Oh, those are the Japanese units. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that would explain why they have half the island. <laughs> it makes more sense now. I was like, yeah. wow, we really have occupied this whole place. Why are we still fighting? <laughs> there shouldn't be much fighting left at that point. Oh, wait, it hasn't started yet. Yeah, right. Okay, that's just where they start. Right. So um, they roll across them the landing. So scenario eight is a... What type of scenario is this one? Beach landing again. So we're going to go back... Well, start at the beginning. Start, we're starting Let's a new... Repeat. Yep, yep. Here we go. you got to get on shore somehow. Counterattack. It's the next scenario again. So yep, it's almost like there's a theme to, to how these island right? fights went. I love that someone actually noticed that there was a pattern in, when they started writing these and actually was like, hey, we're just going to include these in the front. It's very good, like, usability. Yeah. Um, like I said, make sure you check your bookmark uh, starting at page 8. Right. Strong strong point assault is next. Look at that. we got ammo caches again. Yep. Careful. And then an advanced one at the end, it looks like. Are there more? Oh, there's another scenario. Keep going. Strong point... Well, there's got a mini campaign option in here around scenario 10. Scenario 10 has a campaign option. A mini campaign. Oh. Uh, so you, they, reference the, they reference the rules in the Battle of France book mm-hmm. for doing a little campaign. Uh, no more than five scenarios in length, but you can do it. Hmm. Okay. I, I so if you've played through all of the 20-some scenarios in the book and feel you need to do a campaign in the book, you can do that. Mm-hmm. There you go. It seems... I, I, I don't know if I like that. I think if you're going to make if you're going to make a campaign around your scenarios, maybe include it in the book. Or if you like the campaign and a structure that already exists, you can just reference it and say, "Hey, these the scenario here is a great springing off point for a campaign." Sure, but I, but I like the campaign section of a campaign within the campaign book. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm just thinking like you can make it unique to every one of them be unique. Then, and I, I get what you're saying. If like. If every campaign runs exactly the same way as the previous one, but I, I just, I like flavor. I like new things. I like to see them change things up. So, whatever. That's not a big deal to me. It sounded like it was. No, I just. I, I, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? No, like just the idea of being able, to, like, if you're going to have a campaign book and you write write a campaign in it, then I feel like that's part of what you should. I mean, be. it's already 160 pages. How big is that? Yeah, 212. 
or or just I'm not happy. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why. Scenario twelve uh, is another strong point assault. I'm not gonna. Oh, a hero of the Pacific again. Oh, and it was a Japanese officer this time. Yeah, we missed a, a, a colonel or a major earlier too. But yeah, oh, sorry, we'll, sorry. we'll leave that nugget for someone to find. So this dude's an infiltration master. Uh, so infantry performing an outflank maneuver as described on the page. Blah blah blah. Ignores the minus one modifier. Oh, in addition, they add twelve inches of their distance from which they may enter. A lieutenant general. Yep. Ooh, equivalent to a major. One hundred ninety points. So another forty points. But allows things to move up faster. And uh, so any unit, any infantry unit, gets the mind, gets removes the minus one modifier and allows them to move up an additional twelve inches. Which so is super coming at it. scary on an outflank, right? That's that was just yeah. Like, oh, my God, oh shit, that's really <laughs> nasty. Yeah, because it's like you're Surprise. in their deployment zone <laughs> super fast. Yeah. Nope. Mm. Yeah, good times. I like it. Right. Uh, Battle of Tinian? Tinian? Tinian. Tinian? There you go. It's Tinian. 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 It's like we should practice these or something. It sounds good noise. Right? Made made famous because that's where the Enola Gate took off from. Oh. There you go. The who? Jesus. The, um, the airplane that dropped the first atomic weapon. Oh. Yeah. Right, that guy. The yeah. pit where they loaded it is still there. My brother and sister both taught school on that island about 10 years ago. So, Interesting. Yeah, they said oh. they can still walk out to the cliffs and, and they'll find relics, essentially, from, from the fighting. Really? Wow. Yeah. That brings it a little closer to home. Right. Battle by Starlight. I'm guessing this is a nighttime fight. So they got another map. Oh, they do have another map. A lot less boxes this time, but it's a different island. A smaller island. Yeah. It takes up the same room on the page. <laughs> yes, <That's>, there's no <laughs> scale. They're all printed to scale. Pat. <laughs> no, they, they actually do include a scale on each map. I know. I'm being, I'm being very facetious. <laughs> That's so unlike you, Rick. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So the next one's a counterattack scenario. It looks like. Yes. Yeah, and then we're just moving through all of them. Oh, now we get to Guam, U.S. Theater selectors. Again, the, the setup and the narrative that they, they go through is really well done. I mean, yeah. really well done. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I love it. And then, yeah, so like, it, I like, I do like how they're how they're doing the scenarios and then here are the theater selectors. They're not like making it a separate section in the back of the book, which is also really nice too. Which has got its pros and cons. Get your book markers out, kids. Right. Yeah, good point. It's like Mark 78. Knowing, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's nice that you, if you put the theater selectors next to the units, then it makes... But So kind of think of this as like basically three different campaigns in a campaign book. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then it, yeah. and that's it the way scenarios. it's laid out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's essentially exactly what it is, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing anything super special in here. Two bazookas again this War time. More puppies. Get a ward off. Get that hidden stuff. Make that hidden stuff go away. Uh, what is like a 36 point order dice that still has stuff that's effective? It's cheaper than that. It's like 16 points. Is it? I guess it depends how many dogs you have. Yeah, if you take one dog, it's like 16 points or something like Chaplain's that. Chaplain's in there. Whoop. Um, 
nothing else to write home about. Obviously, some vehicles rocket there. Truck. Rocket truck, of course. We'll talk hey, about the rocket priest truck. made it. Yeah, M seven priest on the nice. infantry selectors. Is that on the is that on the marine side too? It's on no. the army side. Yeah, army, army side. side. So there's an army and an, and marine. I do like that they separate them out and have two different lists. Yeah, so the, they get a couple other tanks. The army get a couple different tanks that are not available. One less bazooka, though, sadly. Um, well, maybe they realized there wasn't enough uh, Japanese tanks to shoot. And <laughs> they don't get any amphibious vehicles. And they got a Japanese navy. Ooh. I mean, Again, there are six infantry. Yep. Zero three anti-tank. Two snipers. Ugh. I don't want to play against <laughs> this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of good. Kind of makes me sad inside. No, it's a thing. Certainly is not an easy one to play against. <laughs> this might be can't beat him, join him, almost uh, theater list. Right, what, was um, Bug Eater again? This one looks pretty devastating for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they're yeah, I, I suppose so. There's a particular play style to it, but it's a strong list if you play that style. Right. right. Yeah. Zero two snipers is. That's. Well, the three anti tank teams, the two snipers. Of course, you take the th- you take what is that? Is it three per one deal on anti tank guys? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So if you take all nine of them and the other guy doesn't bring a tank, you're going to feel real stupid. Well, you're going to have like nine really cheap order dice that's going to get your dice when you need them. Yeah, that's also nine order dice that are easy to lose if you're not careful. Huddle them up together in a corner. And hope they don't get mortared. Right. Or rocket trucked. Rocket truck. Love the rocket truck. Yeah. Like we talk about that. I think it's solid. I don't think it's a world beater yeah. list. But yeah, this is cool. It's, it's I'm digging I'm digging the list they put together. You guys see they have the rifleman's creed on eighty four? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's an actual thing. Check it out. March around in your skivvies and, and chant it out for yourselves, you know? It's not that this is my rifle, this is my gun one that's was made famous and what? No, but it's getting close. Full metal jacket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure it's where it comes from. So they jump on to next one, which is the Battle of... Anyone else can pronounce it, it's fine. Pulau. Palau. I've heard it as Peleleu, but yeah, I was gonna say that that's that's not Palau. It's got different letters. Peleleu sounds Peleleu sounds right. Palau? It's one of Palau the specific Palau. islands in Palau. in the yeah. Palau campaign. So okay, yep. that would make sense because they're talking about island chain. And look at look lo and behold, the next map kind of lays that out for you. Uh, for those of you following along on Google Earth, head south and west, right down that big shelf area of trench. Nice to touch, sea. Jeff. And you'll find Palau. And for, for Peleleu specifically, it's on the south end of that. This one doesn't have any red boxes on it, though. It's got a crap ton of mangrove, though. Holy cow, no wonder no one's there. This had an airstrip, a couple of them. That's interesting. It says it's got an airstrip. I'm looking at the map, and I, it's the jungle's growing back over it if it was there. Yeah, I say it's got two. <laughs> I was going to say, mangroves grow pretty quick, don't they? Yeah, I can't see it on that northern little island at all. Uh, usually yeah. there's like a, you see an area that's still cleared out of trees, and there might right. be some of the 
you know, oh, you can see the airfield here. Ago. On the north end of Palau? Palau? No, there's one on the south end is where I'm seeing yeah, it. Yeah, so. I'm looking at that north one there uh, on that little island. It looks like a, I don't know. Oh, where the bridge thing. was? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. No, I don't see it either. I see the phone. looks like the footings of the old bridge, maybe. But, yeah. I just found a rock. I, I, I'm off my Google Maps, my Google Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the South Airstrip's still there. Yeah. Or part of it. Okay. Well, it's got that going. There's Guam. Where am I going after Guam? South, South and West. Quite a, a little farther than you would expect, so. Especially depending how zoomed in you might be. Yeah. Yeah, this looks like a terrible place to fight, too, but for different reasons. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine, like, I, I can't imagine, like, having to, like, go island hopping like this and then be like we're presented with brand new problems every time you're trying to you know have yeah. a firefight mangrove is nasty man holy cow yeah, i would want to be in that well and like you can't go through it snakes just, and crocodiles and stuff like dude like you can't imagine I don't any think of this have crocodiles in the pacific uh parts but not i don't know if this part does i don't but think so does. i mean i remember some pretty scary stories about that wasn't oh yeah 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 i remember that that the survivors had to walk through the the areas and like one a one out of six got eaten by crocodiles. Mm-hmm. I think that was. To make a, I think that was Burma. Yeah. It might have been. That, that makes about. more sense. Yeah, but it was maybe not specific. We did this campaign. Right. That's further south and west. <laughs> right. Closer yeah. to Australia. <laughs> maybe that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Yeah, no, that, that, you're right, Dale. It is Burma. Mm-hmm. That's yep. That's the one I was reading. But still, it's this horrible. looks just. Yeah, if anyone ever picks up those Osprey World War II stuff, I mean, that stuff is really fascinating. That's where they pull these maps from. A lot of these pictures come from it, and they are really well done. And there's no reason they don't they they don't they cite them for all the sources that they take. It's just, it's just really well done. Good stories in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to scenario fourteen. Yes. Bloody peaches. Uh, it's a peach landing one, and this has got the special rule of wave after wave. Second wave American troops uh, for the deployment zone can be ordered on the table from turn two afterwards. However, during the shortage of transports, the third wave American troops can't be ordered onto the table until the beginning of turn six. Remember, it's an eight-turn scenario. Wow. Mm. Brutal. And then the preliminary bombardments. Uh, in this one, the Navy and Air Force bombardments were comparatively weak. Therefore, apply a minus one to the die roll, which means minus one for minus two for units and bunkers. Mm. Fun. So you know, let's make a tough scenario tougher. Well, yeah. I, didn't, I don't imagine any of this was easy when it was done in real life. So, well, no. <laughs> and these will be your uh, the Pacific miniseries. These will be your five, six, and seven episode five, six, and seven. Okay, Palaleo. Yeah, this looks awful. Uh, don't sign me up. Yeah, no shit. Man against tank. That sounds like a terrible scenario to play. Mm, yeah, doesn't usually end well. What is for this? the tank. For the tank, right? Well, it depends. If you're faced with the guy at the bomb in the end of a stick or not. Right. So it's a counterattack scenario. Cast tank riders. Uh, special rules: broad daylight. Uh-oh. Says counterattack in broad daylight. Never a good choice. And yeah, tank riders. 
Well, maybe they're grasping for good titles at that point. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Attack across an airfield. That is never a fun thing to do. Right? No. You know, the whole lack of cover thing really sucks a lot. You just hang on to that uh, Type 95. You'll be just fine, right? Right. Right. That's a, it's a strong point to salt, so, yeah, good luck. Dug in. Prep bombardment. Okay. So all nice the fun artwork. stuff. Nice artwork, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they got another Japanese lieutenant colonel in here, counting as a major. Uh, he seems like the opposite of what the other guy was. He's a patient defender, so units within 12 inches ignore bonsai charge national characteristic. Ignore any negative modifiers from pin markers when they make morale tests or an order test. And they are tough fighters. Interesting. And squads you know, that use tough fighter role. Yeah, I wasn't excited about the dude when he ignores the bonsai national characteristic, but... Then he ignores all pins, so that's kind of yeah. the same, right? Well, it's better because you're not limited to charging then. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can ignore the pins for any kind Well, and you ignore the, ignore the closest, like the, the how you can bait them too, right? Mm-hmm. Just for 190 points, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, Bloody Nose Ridge is next, scenario 17. So that would be, again, I'm trying to find the scenario type because why wouldn't they tell you right away? A strong point assault, sorry. Yes. They do actually tell you all. I just have to find the right spot for it because it tells you what the scenario type is. Um, uh-oh. Naval observers are available. Hmm. Watch out. We've talked about those. I don't remember uh, what episode that was. It was recent. Well, on a recent bolt-action Facebook group post, what's the most broken unit in the game? Naval observers <laughs> made the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, not to be surprised. Especially the British one where you can get the free guy and then just upgrade him for whatever it is. I think like, it made the list before Gurkhas did. <laughs> uh, so, I would imagine it would, actually. I think it should. Uh, it, they're pretty devastating. Whoa, no for me. Relax, buddy. <laughs> Doggies are heavy. Perfect opportunity to have your friend 3D print you a battleship USS Mississippi for your naval observer right? guy to be shooting with. Right. I, I, I really kind of, I really kind of wanted that for like some of those deep water missions. I'm like, where's the battle? Where's your battleship? <laughs> blasting the whole way in. Should be blasting the whole way in. Otherwise, it really isn't going to go well. Uh, scenario 18 is another strong point assault. Looking at uh, no new rules there. Limited supplies is the only thing that happens here. Every time a unit completes a fire order or advance order, roll a dice. Uh, so on a roll of a one, they exhaust all their ammunition, meaning the unit can't fire any ranged weapons except for grenades for the remainder of the game. Ouch. Oof. Right? Uh, so a fire or advance order. There's going to be a lot of running then, maybe. I don't know. That's brutal. Uh, we get another hero of the Pacific, Captain Everett Pope. All right, let's see, get special natural leader. Oh, he gets a better morale, morale bonus. That's cool. Uh, he gets unkillable, which is awesome. Is incredible. He just ignores half the damage. 50% of the time, he'll ignore all his damage. And his team is tough fighter. It's very uh, solid. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty, pretty beefy. 
I'm Next, a fan of him. Yeah, I can't complain about him. He's how many points does he know? Mm, it's a lot. One seventy-five. It's a bit, but for a veteran captain. Captain. Yeah. So, but he gives a majors morale. But he's bonus. got a majors morale bonus. That's kind of that is kind of nice. I guess that's not so bad. I can't complain about that. So you're basically getting a major, even and though he's a captain. Four plus invulnerable save never hurts. Right. Although he's only got one wound, so if he ever fail, he, he, he dies. Well, yeah, unkillable isn't that time. good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, met, it's not as good as it's not as good as lucky for sure. No. Well, oh, wait, is we this? If you roll four ups a lot, it's it's better, right? If you can roll, so. if you can roll good dice, yeah, for sure. As, as opposed to helps. just ignoring the first one, you can yep. possibly ignore a lot, and that can be very infuriating. That's right. yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, yeah. Or you could roll and a three actually, and just dies. That makes no specific, that, that doesn't make any bones about if it's a small arms or heavy weapon too. So he could theoretically take a tank round on the face and four plus out of it. <laughs> Woo-hoo. It's got right. a hell of a word save. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. So. Yeah, it does not. It does not specify armor type or uh, ammo types. Hmm. hmm. Oh, that, and additionally, any friendly United States Marine Corps unit within six inches also temporarily gains a tough fighter role. <laughs> That's pretty nice. That's kind of nice, actually. That's that does make up for any other things we were talking about. Scenario 19 is strong point assault again. I'm not seeing a lingering resentment. There's a new rule here. Uh, Marine units can never benefit from the morale bonuses from any snap to action command from an army officer, vice versa. So army and Marines aren't getting along at this point. What else is new? Shock, right. yeah, shockingly, sounds like most... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm at least shocked. they're catching the flavor, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Well, that, that should almost be just a... They should put that the very beginning of the right. Yeah, I mean that would that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty-two last man standing, which is another strong point assault. Twenty. Twenty-two October. Twenty. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's Twenty. Right. Yes. All right, and then we get into Ang- Battle of Angwar. Ang- Angwar. That's right. I'm gonna go with that. Uh, sounds that sounds good. as good. So- sounds about right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm sure so that's probably totally wrong. Close. Right. All right, it's probably it's probably um, obtuse or something, right? Or like, yeah, all the vowels are spelled are using vowels differently. Um, this, this island's got a lot of blue lines on it. Yeah, those I'm assuming are not rivers. Well, this one doesn't have a key though. Well, not many rivers have arrows. Well, rivers do have a direction. Places. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> rivers don't go both ways. They get a direction to go. Um, but I'm guessing those are not rivers. Because then what the hell is that red circle? Is that like a lava river? No. Right, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so Probably a big mountain if Jeff gets to that point. On, uh, actually, no, this island's really flat. Okay. Oh, interesting. First flat one. It's like imagine doing all that other stuff and you get here and you're like, oh, shit, this one's flat. I can see well, the other flat side. within reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, scenario 21 is the bowl. That sounds like it's not a flat. It's another That's strong a, point assault. All right. The the bowl represents a depression made by the phosphate workings near the lake. So that red line represents that part of the island sure. topography. So. Okay. So they're it's fighting in the... Cave destruction. Ooh, that sounds fun. What's that? Which, oh, yeah. All right. All infantry, marine, engineer units are considered equipped with demolition charges and may destroy bunker cave entrances by being next to it for a full turn without moving. 
They can still shoot, they just can't move. Nice. And if you move away, it blows up. Have fun with that. Oh, so it looks <laughs> like the, it's just, you blow up their bunkers, essentially. Right. Yeah. Fire in the hole. Yep. However many bunkers they get, you get one less. After that happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now been set to bunkers minus one. Right. Whatever, yeah. All right, so then we get another theater selector set up. It looks like that's it. Uh, it gives you the aftermath and end of the battle. That was kind of a short battle. Like that was one... It's a small island. Yeah. No, it's just... I, I wish I hadn't dedicated a whole page to the title of it so they could go through one scenario and then be done with it. Uh, well. Anyway, well, that's the thing. So we get some more uh, allow U.S. troop selectors, Marines, Navy, or Mar- Marines, Army. Marines, our Navy. Uh, yeah, they're, they're probably flavorful, flavorful, but none of them are terribly exciting. I'm not mm-hmm. seeing anything special here either, yeah. Okay, except for a rocket truck, right? Rocket truck? Well, yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't see the rocket truck. No, but they get an LVTOR, uh, they got a flamethrower uh, LVT4, which has yeah. an asterisk next to it, so I'm assuming it's new. New unit, yep. Uh, Japanese theater selector for this one, Imperial Japanese Army and Navy combined. Another zero three anti tank team, another two snipers, another six yep. infantry. Uh, it, uh, their flavor has been very much the same in most regard. Right. I'm sure there be. is nuance between some of the unit selections you can take. I just I can't even compare them all side by side because they're. I like their the tank selection here. Would you like a Type ninety five Hago or a Type ninety five Hago? Yeah, you get one choice for sure. Actually, I do like they have this uh, Suki two-ton amphibious truck as a transport option. Though. That's cool. Yeah. It's like a Jap- It's a Toyota duck. Sweet. Oh, what a feeling. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we have the Aftermath of Stalemate 2. And then we get into what everyone's Who named that, for. by the way? Jesus. Who names an Operation Stalemate? Yeah, you just stalemate just, too. Right, <laughs> we've had we've had one. Here's the here's the sequel, and it's just as exciting. <laughs> kind of setting it up for failure right away when you call it a stalemate. Parentheses, yeah. not in, not intense reading. Great. Parentheses, the guy that normally names mission was on leave. <laughs> <laughs> he was AWOL for the day. Yes, <laughs> so we just named it whatever we felt like. We just named it what it was. Somebody really wanted their leave too. That's why they named it stalemate. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they didn't name it until afterwards, and it was actually a stalemate. So they just it was like aftermath of TBD until it happened, and they're like, "Oh, it was a stalemate." Yeah, but it was. We better do something with that. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, so now we get into new units, so we can talk about some uh, new, new stuff. New stuff. This is where it gets interesting. I Japanese think. new stuff. Right, Japanese first. Uh, engineers. Engineer squad. Yep. Uh, can light stuff up on fire with fire, you know, standard for the, engineers. For the record, they can be inexperienced, and Oof. I don't see a restriction on that flamethrower for the inexperienced. Yeah, good call, actually. That is a, that is. Oh, there has to be. Come on. Kidding? It, no, it does not have one. You might have to, you might have to email Alessio and make sure he, uh, he clarifies that. No, I, I think that, that was by intent. Oh, boy. That right? I mean, dangerous. I don't know that I'd take an inexperienced flamethrower, but. 55 mm-hmm. points for a small-ass unit that can light shit on fire, I guess. Including I mean, itself? Well, Ooh. it's just easier to miss with that flamethrower. Right. Yeah, it's, and then, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably would take it at regular at minimum. And no offense, if I'm a Japanese player and I'm close enough to flamethrower you, I should be assaulting you. Right, good point. Not with inexperienced troops, but... 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if I was fanatic, yeah, you're definitely. Oh, sure. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, don't care. Always, yeah, always, always. Yeah. Right. So, I mean. Your goal isn't to win, it's to take a few of them with you. You, you can, you have cheaper, um, cheaper inexperienced troops better at assaulting anyways. So it's just, it's just one of those things. So I, th- I think I said that this may be the first time that they had an engineer squad, but actually I think the, um, the Papua New Guinea, or, uh, I think that, had them as well, so it may okay. not be the first time. But this does actually explicitly include them in the generic reinforced platoon. So, but it is limited to a maximum of one engineer squad. So, per reinforced platoon. Yep. Mm, okay. So the next thing is a machine gun section, which I think is interesting. It's it's basically what they're calling an overman team. So it's an it's an MMG team, but instead of just three dudes or four dudes, it can have an additional seven dudes. Mm-hmm to basically fill out the unit and any unit, any model that's not helping load can fire their guns as normal. So it's basically additional wounds for your machine gun team. I think it's yeah, interesting. Rifles. With rifles, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's basically uh, an upgrade to your LMG in your normal squad to an right. MMG. But it replaces Actually, your uh, MMG team in, the, in your theater. In your exactly, list. which means right. basically yep. you're getting another infantry squad in that yeah. selector. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty So it's got a six, now you got seven, and that's great. Yeah, they're a little bit more expensive, but you're paying it's for interesting. the machine gun. Yeah, I, this, is, this is something that I don't recall seeing before, and I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I like that. So it's only available in theater selectors, but you can put it, you can put it in any theater selector. Um, it just replaces your machine gun team, which is a cool. I, like, I actually like that. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's a different way. It's a different take on the MMG team. Yep, um, which is welcome. I I don't know that it's necessarily worth it, but still, I think it's welcome. It's cool. I mean, if you're if you really want a seventh squad, if you yeah. painted up your MMG and need to do right. something with yeah, it, yeah, you, you started you started <laughs> you with your starter box and you painted it first. You're like shit. Yeah. Right? Before you realized how yeah. garbage they are, you're never going to use this thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, here you go. Here's right. a chance. Here's a right. chance. Uh, Naval militia squad. Experience fairly, fairly. You can get general. it up to can go up to fifteen. Yeah, well, that's just Japanese standard, I think. Is it just standard across the board? I don't know. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just the naval version of it. So. Yeah, it looks like they're paying one extra point there. Aren't they? Oh no, inexperienced R seven. That's right. Yes. Yeah, they're fine. Yep. Yeah, never mind. Uh, so then we have improvised anti tank team. This so, is new. Yep, this is new. Um, so two dudes. Regular veteran only, interesting. And they can, rules for tank hunter, so they get tough fighter against vehicles. They always superficial damage. So this is like position. the Japanese equivalent of the Russian tank hunter team. Right, so you just get grenades. They don't get any other special thing. Yep, in, improvised anti-tank weapons, which is basically tank grenades. Right, no guns. Well, and they count as tough fighters when attacking vehicles. So the Russians they, get two attacks when attacking vehicles. They just get the tough fighter. They do get rifles, Dale. Oh, they do. My mistake. Yep. Yep. You're right. But you can take three. But of they them, only three do, for they one. Again. Superficial. Right. But you can still. You can. You can. It's. You know. They're fairly inexpensive for two dudes. I mean, I guess they're not really inexpensive. Well, you can add extra dudes. You can get a five man squad. Oh, you can yeah. get a five man squad. Yeah. That's actually. Yeah, actually, so that's pretty good. With the forward position, five guys with rifles, um, fanatic forward positioning is. It's kind of scary a little bit. Um, yeah, not quite not quite SMG scary, but still right. Not not quite that, but it's an interesting it's an but interesting choice. So. In these in these theater selectors, you could have how many of these six of these? 
nine? Yes. Yeah, nine. Yeah. You could have nine of them. Yeah, so this replaces the... And that's uh, not the German note. That's the actual number. Nine. Right, yeah. So it's another way to put more bodies on the board without having to eat up your infantry. So right. It's nine by five guys each, which is... 45 in most 45 cases. more bodies on the field if you had points Math, math is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Theater selectors, any theater selector. So not reinforced platoon. Okay, well, so yes. some, some tournaments so, will allow it. So keep away from Operation Snafu. Yep. I'll come back. Um, so then we can go on to the Lone Sniper, which we've seen so before in other ones. Yeah, it's decent. That's in uh, the Papa book as well, Papa New Guinea, yep, the New Guinea yep, book. Yep, it's not the first time we've seen this one. But again, Any Japanese reinforced platoon. Mind you, you don't get your scope with a light machine gun that you can upgrade your sniper to, but it's, I don't know if it's really enough. Yeah, no sniping LMGs. Stop yeah, it. Yeah, don't try. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to work. <laughs> I like that he ignores the first pin on it. Yeah, that's totally cool. Is that cool. the bold attacker? Yeah. Yeah, ignores the first pin. I also like that he doesn't suffer the minus one. It specifically yeah, says he team. does not suffer the minus one. So Okay. Uh, next one's Knife Infiltrators, which has been mentioned multiple times. Yeah. Uh, so they can only deploying. be six. Six oh, oh, oh. models, but they can be four deployed. And can be have tough fighter one point each. Yep. Mother of God. Fanatic Tough Fighters? Yeah, Fanatic Tough Fighters. There are only six of them. Which is nice, I guess. <laughs> hey, so they can replace their NCO with an officer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that wow. is interesting. Why don't you go ahead and snap to your uh, night infiltrators? Right. Put them all in the ambush. Pour some checks. I, I think we need some more clarification around this because I think that is an interesting choice. I love that option, but I think they need to... If they're going to do that, they probably need to have rules about it. Uh, as far as does this replace your mandatory right exactly like, yeah from what I'm reading here it does not it gives yeah. you an yeah, I don't think it does like, and then how does that work does he provide an extra order dice because now how is he snapping because he's part of the unit like what is I that think it, like the I, unit's order dice would allow him to snap the other units around him yes right so but he's just part of the unit so he doesn't get his yep. order dice and nope. they don't have an NCO okay. right and they lose their NCO so do they have the NCO negatives. Well, no. I'd be immediately offset by the officer Right, anyway. yeah, good yeah. point. Actually, good point, good point. It didn't lose its NCO, it was replaced. It's replaced with an, uh, with the, right. yeah, with an officer. Interesting. It's so just an interesting thing. boosted. Yeah. That's... Oof. Yeah. That's oof. Yeah. Especially with four deploying tough fighter. Come on, guys. Holy still, cow. Still only six guys. So six tough scary. fighting fanatics. Six guys throwing firecrackers not... around in the woods. It's not not scary. I'm not saying it's not scary. It's just mm -hmm. pretty scary. And what were they like? Zero four in a lot of the selectors. Yeah. 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 Uh, they can only be used in snares using the knife, the knight fighting special rules. Yeah, not very, not very useful in day fights. Not, not knife fighting, but knight fighting. Well, there's probably knife fighting too. Quite honestly, right? Man. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So then we get some artillery. Some my favorite unit here. The spigot okay, mortar. Go for it. What makes it? What makes it so good? It's a heavy mortar. Yep. So you're going to get it at an experience. You can have a, a spotter with it. Um, Not at it's an experience, but um, that's fair. Well, well you regular, can take it. You just can't use it. Right. Yeah. Regular. Regular would be seventy points. Spotter would make it eighty points. Heavy mortar. Um, the HE is a special rule. Um, the spigot mortar uses a four-inch diameter template. Has a pin value of plus one and does D six plus two pins. Douche. Yikes. Yowzers. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. That's that's ouchies. The only the only issue 
is that none of the Japanese selectors in this book or explicitly include this artillery. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoops. So um, there's that. <laughs> and it doesn't say where you can use it. It doesn't say anything about it. No. Oh, that's so disappointing. That's weird. Yeah, there's probably something missing there. I uh, expect that to be FAQ'd or ratted or something. Holy oh. oh, shit. How big is this round? 660 pound shells? Jeez. How do you. Uh, 320 how millimeter. How do you mortar that? How? What do they. What? 32 centimeters. Well, I find it interesting that it's a four inch diameter template. But in the flavor text, it talks about the the hole in the ground that it leaves the shell once it explodes, and it's just a really deep shell. It's there's not you know it's not like it's launching out of a toilet bowl, right? So I mean, than that. you know it's it's great at inflicting psychological damage. Maybe that's why it's doing a ton of okay. pins. Everybody, so it, but for for our American listeners, thirty two centimeters or three hundred and twenty millimeters is twelve point five inches. Yeah. Dear yeah. God. That's but, bigger than a lot of cruiser guns. That's a big. I, I wouldn't want to be the guy that has to drop that in the in the tube. Uh, you and like ten of your best friends might. Right. Like that. Well, right. It's a five man <laughs> team. So. Yeah. What'd you say? It's a five man team. So. Right, but like dropping it in. I mean, it's the minute you drop it in, or the second you drop it in, it shoots right uh, back a, out. I think <laughs> a spigot mortar works differently. Okay, it must because like loading in a giant mortar shell it sounds awful because you're like. Right there, yeah. Okay, but regardless, um, my God, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not loading a 660 pound shell myself. Uh, it's like uh, what is it like picking up a smart car and putting it in something? <laughs> Basically, except, except sounds like it's way more dense than a smart car. <laughs> I'm just curious. Just five guys, 660 pounds. Five guys. Each guy's lifting 132 pounds. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, no problem. And no one problem. dude's dialing in, so he's not even helping. Maybe, maybe he is. Oh, God, yeah, I maybe it's missing the slow-to-load rule or something. Well, I hope we get some clarification on where this can be used, because yeah. this thing looks cool. Right? Uh, that's a beast. So then yeah. an anti, so then we got an anti-tank gun, a coastal, an 80-millimeter coastal gun, which is... Which suddenly sounds small, and it's not. Right, and it's still a, right. it's just a heavy anti-tank heavy gun. Heavy anti-tank. It's a beast. Uh, but you can add more loaders to it. Doesn't make it work faster. It just gives you more wounds. Oh, it just gives you yeah. So right. you get up to eight guys in there. So it's kind of like an eighty-eight, almost, but not as quite as good. But same difference. No gun shield, and can't you? You get versatile rounds with eighty-eight, right? Can go yes. both. Can go. It can swing both ways. All right. Uh, trucks. Oh, okay. Okay. Hold on a second. There's a YouTube video of them putting together a Japanese mortar. I think it's one of these spigot mortars. Holy crap. Yeah, I just linked a picture of it too. So I mean, dear God, hilarious. holy! Sh- it's like a tank. It is a tank. <laughs> it is the brute squad. It right? is the brute squad. Uh, okay, uh, we'll keep looking at this. We'll, we'll keep doing bad radio and watch, <laughs> looking at pictures. <laughs> that shell is enormous. Holy cow! Jesus, that's like, ridiculous. It's as big as the dude. Yeah. Wait, how, how come I'm not seeing the shell? The thing, the thing next to the guy is the base of the shell. Oh my! I thought that was the tube. No. <laughs> there, I linked a YouTube video. You click about the uh, four minute mark, you'll see it. Four sixteen, you'll see the shell. That's great stuff. 
Great radio, guys. But, it's great radio, guys. Hey, um, just go out on YouTube and just just search for your. Holy uh, God! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, wow! Holy uh, shit! That's a that's a monster. Is that the hole it leaves. What the? Jeez. Yeah. No thanks. Uh, I'll pass on ever getting shot at by one of those things. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna close that window. It scares me. A little yeah. Bit. That one. It's like freaking R two D two. It's flying across. Lobbing R two D two at the enemy. You know what? The Wookiee doesn't always win. No. Yeah, no, no kidding. Oof. Uh, so vehicles. Yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah sorry, let's I just one. I saw that and I was like, I had to. I had to go take well, so I mean, the the, the the they got one new one, which is the amphibious truck, which is cool. Yeah, it's, it's amphibious. It's it's cool. It's normal. It's a Toyota Duck, man. How do you go? Yeah, up to thirteen that? men. There's no Buffalo, but seems carries difference. one more mm-hmm. than they let the Duck carry, which I still think is crap. But whatever. Right. Well, I mean, I've been to the Dells. You can fit more than twelve. Come on, man! You can fit more than twelve people on a duck. I've been to the Dells, dude. They they <laughs> fit like <laughs> I've ridden on the ride. I know how many people they stick in those things, right? Well, yeah, and, and about as many sink. So right, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that's, that's being that's, shot at or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. They don't need to, they don't need people shooting at them to sink in the in the states here. No, they find no way to do that. Yeah, they find they find just inadequate pilots. They've got inexperienced drivers all over the place there. So right. new uh, U.S. Units. Chap- Chaplin. Chaplin. We've seen him before. Yep. 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 All right. Him. So we get a new, new Paleo. Paleo? So how do you say that? Paleo. Paleo. Got an extra You can element. pronounce all the syllables in this one. It's okay. Yeah, right. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> uh, I missed an L in there. We got an assault squad, which... This one's crazy. 90 points, five guys, three men with rifles, two men with flamethrowers. Oh, I missed the flamethrowers. I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I missed the flamethrowers. <laughs> like, I was like, what? Eh. <laughs> Wait, it comes with that. So 90 points gets you. 90 points, five guys. Yep, math checks with out right yep, That's it. It's just the five guys. Yep, right. Yeah. Oh, but the NCO but, can have a submachine gun just in yeah, He's case. got the burger and fries. So. Right. But still, right. 90 points for two flamethrowers and a five-man team. Mm-hmm. The math is the math works out that that's, that's how it should be. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, twenty I points for the flamethrowers yeah, and yeah, fifty yeah. points for the bros. So forty, yeah, forty points for of flamethrower action there. But you can have that's, two flamethrowers. That's going to so handle your Memorial Day weekend with your barbecuing. Yeah, right. Uh, yikes. Okay, so you can have more than one of those too. Uh, they replace the standard flamethrower team. Only oh. in scenarios set on Paleo. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. So they're well. That's good that they've qualified. That it's not reinforced platoon. Dang it. <laughs> it's probably yeah, for the better, that's okay. dude. You can still you still can have like five regular engineer squads in a in a reinforced platoon, but they only have one flamethrower. Yeah, I mean, come right. On. They only have one, but that's okay. You can still have like five of them. Um, the next one is the infantry assault squad. U.S. Army. U.S. Army. US Army excuse me. Yes. Sorry. One man has a flamethrower. Yep. And they replace any. They replace the flamethrower for the American reinforced reinforced platoon. So. So you can get, get extra, you can have extra dudes too in that one. So you can have a squad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is the way you can take that flamethrower single team, but send dudes. Yeah. And and well, I guess because of the, the um, engineer squad, something similar. But this isn't limited to a one-off or anything. Every one of your U.S. Army infantry squads can have a flamethrower now. Right. But, but you these, can, these also mandatory come with the anti-tank grenades, which is really nice. Interesting. Well, I, I, and well, like to your point, Dale, you can have so you could have five engineer squads, and then you could have these on top because they fill in your flamethrower slot. They don't fill in your infantry slots, right? Yes, but I mean these could be inexperienced or regular too. And typically, although 
they may have updated that in both of the recent books. Your the classic engineer squads always had to be veterans. So yeah. the, the United States has yeah. access to regular regular engineers. They're one of the few that does. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Okay. Or that did. All right. You throw a BAR in here too, which is also nice. You get a BAR for free. No, you got to pay five. Oh, oh, okay. The next, the next squad, the Marine Assault Squad, you get a BAR with it. You're not this yeah. free, but so you get a flamethrower and a BAR, and they have the force to have anti-tank grenades again, and then flamethrower again. You can get some more dudes though. You can get up to thirteen with this unit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Standard, standard size. Yeah, but you can get two bars, three pistols in case you're trying to round out points to get to a thousand. Yeah, and you want some more tough fighter. I mean, I guess. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that does. Or, I'm sorry, assault. Did, assault did we mention? Assault. I'm sorry. Did we mention in the previous one that that U.S. Army and assault squad can replace the flamethrower team in any Amer- in any American reinforced platoon? Yeah, yes. That's what that was my point. Yeah. Well, the, okay. I wasn't listening to you, Dale. Sorry. The, That's the fine. Marine. <laughs> <laughs> the Marine. I saw flamethrowers and BARs, and I just I'm here for the really listeners. <laughs> I started uh, thinking about a BAR that shot flamethrower rounds, and I was like, oh, just a BAR that shot. Right. They yeah, kind of have fire. something at the back of this that kind of does that. So the marine, the marine assault squad is only available in marine reinforced platoons. Yeah. So I don't exactly know what that means. Yeah, that's a weird. I mean, they like, need to do clarify to, that, but that's weird. If I'm playing all marines as a standard reinforced platoon, does that count? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Do I want it to count? Not. I mean, I can only still only get one flamethrower, right? Well, in and in, in any American reinforced platoon, that's not that's not a generic reinforced platoon. Right, right. So that's they need to they need to definitely. Oh, I I considered it to be any generic, just a generic reinforced. Right, that's the problem with any American American. reinforced platoon. Right, it doesn't say generic. So the loadouts are a little different, but I mean, there's no special rules for Marines on these guys, so they could just be your regular engineer squad, and then who cares? Right, right. I I mean, good point. Doesn't matter. Um, so now we got a U.S. Marine squad replacement squad. I think. Basically, inexperienced yeah, marines. marines yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yep. There's nothing otherwise special about shotguns. Them. Yeah. Shotgun rules. They basically have the same stats as normal. Oh marines, look, they listed shotguns again. Thank God, there's like eighth book to the shotguns, and they look kind of like most of the rest of them. Yeah, except for the partisan shotguns. Right. Right. Yeah, because they're <laughs> different. Uh, so then we have infantry, a veteran infantry squad, U.S. Army infantry. Yeah. Uh, These nothing. are normally the ones that only appear in the uh, additional units one. Yeah, you yes. Get, yeah. You get Tough Fighter. Charmingly doesn't tell you where it can be used either. So Charmingly. That that is seemingly... They could do a little bit better job making sure that they tell you where they can use it. We got a... Ooh, here we go. Here's something cool. Yeah. Shoulder, shoulder mortar. Yeah. This one's fun. Oh, wow. Uh, so this is an ampulament. Essentially. <laughs> I, I mean, can be fired indirectly or directly. It's a little better. Well, I can't tell you what platoon you can use it in, though. God. Only 100, and some 100 were made for combat evaluation. I mean, it's, it's a medium mortar, so that would imply right. that's taking your mortar slot, but yeah. shoulder, a direct fire, medium mortar. Two inch. Two inch HE, yep. Two inch. Yep. Uh, Team well, weapon is still fixed. It's so, it, I'm assuming you're yeah, right. It takes your mortar slot. Um, it can fire direct or indirect. Yep. So the thing with the ampulimet is it cannot fire indirect. It can only fire oh, indirect. Oh, sure, sure. So yeah. this can do both. So, yeah, very good. So oddly enough, it doesn't tell you you can take a, you can take a spotter or not, which I'm assuming you can't. But it, it counts as having a howitzer special rule instead of, it, yeah, rule the, instead of the indirect, yeah. Yeah. Howitzer is indirect. Right. 
It can, yeah. Or it can be both, yeah. Yeah. Both fire open uh, sights. Shoot, shoot it straight on. Sounds like a heck of a lot of fun to me. Right? Especially the dude that's got it on his shoulder. Yeah, that's right. good. Yeah. All right, so then well, we got it. not the dude standing behind him. No, for sure not. Yeah, regular for 50 points. This, yep. This is... This is decent. I like it. I like it. So they got some. Uh, looks like the, the U.S. got a couple of cool toys in here too. So that's uh, our artillery. We have a twin AA gun, a Mark IV A gun, or anti-aircraft light auto cannons on a platform. Not yeah. too bad. Can't, can't complain. Not too bad at all. For, that's, for that's pretty cool. Not too much points. Eighty points at regular, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. Again, not telling you where you can use it. Apparently, they've decided at the end of the book to not tell you where any of this could be used. This probably means it's just in the theater selectors for this book, if I had to guess. Right. Yes, I wish they'd clarify that a little bit better. Uh, Which I wish they would have put reinf- you know, a pencil in my book that this one is uh, any reinforced platoon for the uh, M24 rocket truck. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Oh, you want it to be in every every list? Because it will. I want it to be in my list. Uh, so, yes, the next one's the rocket launcher truck. So it's an mm-hmm. uh, inter- international harvest truck. Made a big giant gun on the. Uh, I don't know what they use. It was their rocket launcher. They just called it a rocket launcher because they're very. It's creative. on a four by four. It's just a. It's a rocket pack on a four by four. Yep. yep. So yep. welcome Katusha to the United States. Yep. Basically, yeah. Uh, one Ford multi multi launcher. Mm-hmm. Eighty point regular. That's yeah. Pretty darn good. Yeah. Yep. Roll on a fire. Sixty-four inexperienced, which is what you're going to do with it. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Why would you not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we got a LV4, LVT4 flamethrower. Ronson. Yeah, Ronson. Cool. Seven open top with a flamethrower, 360 flamethrower. That's pretty good. Amphibious. And to go back. MMG. Can't complain. To go back to the to the rocket truck. Uh, the story behind that is really interesting. Actually, the rocket technology and how the Marines used it is really, is really interesting. Like, they, um, they, they used these in the landing vehicles as well for, um, close fire support, um, as they were storming the beaches. Initially, they were running them out in front of the infantry. <laughs> and, um, and realized quite early on that that wasn't the smartest thing to do. And so they actually have video of these things firing out of landing craft as they were approaching the beaches. They were just showering the beaches on approach. Um, really interesting stuff if you ever have a chance to go out and have a look at it. So, and you remember, want to know what they look like. So, I think you remember posting pictures of that. It's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty nightmarish. Yeah. Like, so, don't want to really be on the receiving end of that. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's go into that's it for new units, right? That's. That's all we've done. She wrote. So they have far. a couple of interesting options um, for upgrading your tanks. Yes, um, that I think is, is worth mentioning. In particular, the canister round. So, okay, yeah. Now you can strap some some trees to the side of it. Right. Get some wood armor. I think yep. that's stop the shape charge. Getting the plus one. Yep. Ten points. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you can add uh, basically an infantry flamethrower to a couple of vehicles. Okay. Yeah. Instead of the MMG. Yep. Okay. And then, Dale, you mentioned the canister round. Yeah, the canister round. <laughs> I like this one. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Fun. It's a whiff of grape shot. So, um, <laughs> effectively, you can add canister rounds as a firing option on um, a tank that has a light tank gun, I think is what it is here. Yep. And basically, you place four three-inch HE templates extending in a straight line from the barrel of the gun. 
Oh god. Um, yeah, like I said, it's 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 straight up grape shot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's effectively grape shot. And so any infantry unit, artillery unit, or Soskin vehicle under any of these templates um, suffers D success. So ignore small unit and soft cover modifiers. Oh, wow. Yep. Right. So you know if you've got a small little tank with a light with a light anti tank gun that you just start running around, you line up some units and then just lay down a bunch of pie plates, which is kind of fun. Yeah, so they said this is a uh, very effective deterrent to the bonsai charge. So you're spraying 12 inches out from your gun, basically. Yep. yep. Three inches wide, 12 inches long. That's about the same. <laughs> 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 you're just loading all the silverware in and giving it a go. Okay. Yeah. That's so, cool. like, I, I, I get a kick out of these little buff buff things that you can do sure. if you want to. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a fun thing. So. Oh, I say it's a D, just a D3 pins. Uh, D three plus one and armor tar- target uh, armor targets don't suffer anything. Right, yeah, right. You get D six hits with it though, which is nice. Yeah. Yep. This hits. next thing I think is garbage, but you guys might like it. What the rifle grenades? Yeah. Oh, I love rifle grenades. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not going to take them, but I love them. No, they're they're too expensive. That's they're that. good option, but these these are a terrible option. Mm. Yeah. Well, right. how about the fact that the U.S. squads can have zero three and the Japanese only get zero one? So we could well, per squad. The Americans can pay sixty points for them instead. Right, not use them. Right. They fire so smoke. They're they're expensive, but the other other than that, I mean, I've used these in my French early war army before. The At a launcher, range of yeah. six to twelve inches. VB launcher. Uh, six to yeah, six to twelve or six to eighteen. Yeah, it's pretty short. I was going to say, I feel it's like six the to twelve. Long, longer. It's it's six to twelve indirect fire. Uh huh. Which is so what Dale's saying. Launches. There's a lot more you should be worrying about. When you're that close. This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for twenty point. points. Come on. No, this, this can be good if you're, a trap. In a, if you're in a trench and they're in a trench. Highly <laughs> <laughs> situational. Uh, which might be these scenarios for sure. Well, I mean, and that's and, and that's why there's four of us here because, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So I could definitely be wrong on these. So. I, I could definitely find a way to screw it up. So I have found... It's absolutely situational, but I have found, particularly in heavy terrain boards, where that situation will arise more often than you think. Sure. Okay. And they can, and they start ranging in with one inches, and that makes him really start moving quick. If he doesn't have them, and you do, and you're within twelve inches, I know it's situational. But once that happens, you're going to win. Okay. Not at twenty points per. Maybe at five. They points. are very expensive. No argument for me on that. They're overcosted for what they yeah, are. Yeah. So. For the range that they have and stuff, and how. Yeah. Maybe. How situational. Maybe. Maybe, maybe for ten. five points. So. Five, absolutely. Ten, maybe twenty. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're not wrong. They're they're very expensive for what they do. For like, twenty points, it should be six to twenty-four. That's like an, so. that's another flamethrower. Yes. If you're but if, if you've you're already maxed range. your flamethrower allowance, pretty close to the same range anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that that wraps up special special new equipment. Which I think is cool that they've included some new things that you could take on different models that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. like listed in this book, but you can get you know like canister rounds and a couple of new things, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, the mechanized flamethrower. What can you take that on? Oh, uh, Stewart's. Looks like. Yep. So you get a Ronson. They can get a Ronson flamethrower. Yeah. Cool. Then cool stuff. yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. There's special rules related to. Looks like these are all related to the scenarios themselves. Uh, a lot of stuff we haven't seen before, but barbed wire, I think, gets a special um, extra pain in the ass at the 
Asterisk's been used, so it's used the little cross you put above it because. So it's impassable to infantry and unarmored vehicles, and you can start cutting a wire by having a down order with the unit next to it. On a roll of six, you can cut a six-inch six length, and then it gets better for each down order round you spend on it. It goes you know, plus one, plus two, plus three. So it makes it very difficult to move. Mm, uh, I don't know that barbed wire's gotten this in-depth before in other No, books. this is the biggest barbed wire rule section I've ever seen. Well, yeah, it's... Three paragraphs. It's oh. almost half a page. It looks like you. they finally give us points on how much fortifications cost, too. Yeah. Uh, they had alluded to that in some of the earlier stuff, and then they fleshed it out a little bit yeah. in here. Which is kind of nice uh, that they actually give it to you. Uh, they give you exhaustion rules. I think we saw something similar to this in, in Western Desert, but I don't remember exactly. Something yeah. close to it anyway, yeah. But, yeah, it's a pain in the butt where you have to, okay, at the beginning of the game, everyone makes a morale check, whatever you missed it by, that's how many pins you get. Or, sorry, how many soldiers die. Even worse. Yeah. Uh, and reinforcing must suffer an additional minus one. Yeah, and you have to pass a test to carry out a run order oh. without any pins. It's just like... Which I assume also covers an assault because that's a run order. So. Correct. I'm assuming that so. this factors into why the games are eight turns long and, and things yeah. like that. So because stuff yeah. doesn't happen the way you want it to, and then they got mud monsoon. We talked about minefields. That's not new. And how to clear them? Yeah. And tropical mm-hmm. hazards is just a table that the, the scenarios have. So yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's an interest. I, I found something interesting in here that I wanted to like the the log bunkers. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, you decoys, yeah. So if you have the decoy bunker, you don't have to tell the defender does not need to tell was to state which units are in which bunker until they are activated. Yep. So you buy two, you get a decoy one for free, but then you need to then I, I'm assuming it doesn't tell you you have to write it down. I'm assuming if you're playing. Not cheeky, you would write it I down. I have somewhere. like twenty uh, uh, bunkers. Right. Out, so. <laughs> no, I know. It's just it's just an interesting. Uh, I, I like it that you, there's some cat and mouse game going on there, for sure. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, lots of different little rules. Yeah, and sure. of course we touched on the 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 tunnel networks are similar to what the spider holes is. That you know what if you move your run and you you're touching another tunnel, then you're still considered dug in. Yeah. Uh, minefield. This is a really good book. Yeah. I this yeah. this book really respiked my uh, interest in getting the range back out for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's I hope a, it's a continued theme because there's a lot more Pacific battles that I would love to see campaign books around. Clicking on the pre-order for sure and trying to find something else. Do they still have fifty dollars free shipping? I don't know. I think they do. I, I swear I saw an email recently that said they brought back free shipping. Yeah, I thought so too. I swear I saw that. Uh, they get a lot of Warlord emails for some reason. and I, <laughs> For some reason, yeah. I, Every well, time you try to go to their website, they tell you to sign up again. Like, I wish you could right, tell me that. Like, I've already signed up. Stop asking yeah, me. Yeah, you're not recognized. Well, and yeah. I, I don't know if anyone else experiences this on their phone. This is a weird gripe I have. For some reason, their emails load really slow on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like... Like I try and scroll you have through an Apple them. Phone? What? Yeah, I have an iPhone. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I know every it's other email loads just fine, but there's for it's some something reason in their charts. web coding or whatever. Yeah, it's I don't know why theirs is so chunky. different, but they should look at that because it's definitely a performance hit on their email. Uh, anyway, 
that just a weird thing. If a warlord person listens all the way to here, uh, I'm sorry that you've you've taken a wrong turn somewhere in your life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do appreciate this book though. Again, lots of cool pictures, some nice maps. I don't completely understand, but that's okay. Lots of uh, cool. The terrain. more we see them, the more we're not sure what exactly they mean. I I think Jeff's got a better clue than all the rest of us. He's just yeah, trying to make us not look like guessings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I when does this go live? When does this? Uh, when was this available for pre-order, Pat? Uh, so we're recording sometime, and then it goes live on a Saturday morning. Oh, okay, perfect example. And of, it's supposed to be, it's, from what I heard, it's supposed to be shipping or in store September fifth, which is at or around Labor Day. Okay, so expect a pre-order sometime in August here. We're in yeah. August here, so around I'd the corner. Expect it. If the pre-order hasn't hit by the time we put this up, it'll be... Right around the corner? Right around the corner, yep. Okay. So... We're uh, going to be timely. Hooray! What's that? Nothing. <laughs> we're going to be timely on this one. Right. Yes, we're on We're on time, thanks to Pat. So, new release dates. Um, now, again, this is all asterisks next to... Uh, COVID seems to be re- breaking everything everywhere yeah, so at some point expect or the, Yeah, expect this to be released slash shipped or at your door September 5th is right. what I'm seeing. That's that's their hope, hopeful goal, right? Yep. So, which means, uh, which means D-Day got pushed out. Yeah. Because we had talked about that one last time, too. Yeah. D-Day 2, right? D-Day 2 with the Canadian and uh, British landings. D-Day plus. A? Uh, is, it, is it weird? Here's a free idea, Warlord, because we love you. Is it weird that I think it'd be kind of fun if they released a supplement that was just called Bolt Action Organized Play and had the what units were allowed in organized tournaments? You mean like other companies do? Yeah, but I mean, it's like specifically, it's like I can open this book up and like, here's the American list, here's all the units that are... Like, it doesn't give you the stats necessarily, it just gives you... No, no, it just says yeah, what right, units yeah, yeah. are available. It could be a PDF. Yeah, it'd have to be six. a digital thing that could be updated. Could well, I mean, facts, yeah. I mean, it's no different than, I'm just going to say it, the Games Workshop, you know, AOS General's Handbook, right? The 2020 right. Handbook. It's Here's all the listed units that are available. Hey, and we've, we've released four supplements since then. Here's the updated list. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Um, by golly, they should do this. Why do they not? I don't know why this couldn't be a PDF on their website if they wanted to. So Did you say by golly? Yeah, it's 12.30 at night. I say whatever I want at this point. <laughs> point. And apparently I uncursed it when it gets late. I just... <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. And I know maybe this only matters to people that play tournaments, and there's a lot of guys that play this game that don't play tournaments. They just want to play with their friends, and, this doesn't need, and, none, and none of this matters to them. But on the competitive front, I would love direction from the top so that we can all get on the same page with how the competitive side of Bolt Action is supposed to be played. Well, we can expect um, in September, I believe, there's going to be some direction coming from uh, the John Russell, which is the North American organizer of organized play, uh, that we're actually going to see something like that coming out. Uh, tournament circuit in September is coming out, so a complete packet of approved scenarios and all these kind of stuff. Uh, so, if you guys, do you guys happen to listen to that Cyber Wars? Um, I did not get all the way round through, table sorry. I, where they actually had Alessio and a whole bunch of the guys from Warlord talking about. That's one of the topics they talk about. Mm-hmm. Is that there's going to be uh, different? Somehow they're going to section off the areas of the country 
and this organized play, which would be like at all the general local gaming stores, will have this packet. And as you progress in these, you can end up being a qualifier through tournaments that are sanctioned, of course, and then qualified to actually play in nationals at Adepticon. It's not necessarily going to be, hey, I can buy my ticket. No, you have to qualify first to play in Adepticon nationals. I think I'm, I, I think I'm worried that they're focusing too much on how you get to a thing versus what can I bring to a thing. I'm just, I just know that was one of the things that stood yeah. out in there, that and Alessio kind of shied away from what his fix for Tiger Fear is going to be in the next FAQ. Oh, okay. But we did we did share that in our Facebook page, so if you want to listen to it, go for it. And also there's the talk about uh, Indy Pakistan is going to be uh, kind of like, I think that's after Korea. Mm-hmm. Okay. going to come, might, might be a new standalone thing. Cool. So, and you can also expect uh, more Pacific Theater stuff coming out and Very Italian cool. plastics within the next year. Cool. Like, and of course, that board things. game that we've talked about a couple of different times is still. Hey, in... did they, I miss the Italian plastics somehow. Do they have any pictures of what they're doing for it? Is it just the announcement that they're doing? Just the announcement that within the next year, there's going to be Italian plastics. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's so, cool. Again, check out that Cyber Wars. It's on our Facebook. Um, I was think it was done by. Uh, was no not, dice, no yeah. glory. Yeah, was, yeah there okay, you go. Cool. It so it's it's about two hours. So knuckle down, but it's it's got some nuggets in there. Nice. Yeah, it was like a like symposium nuggets. type thing, right? It was a, it was like a round table yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Very cool. Cool. All right. Well, that wraps this book. I don't. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about when this book releases later again. Uh, it sounds like it's late this month or next month, Pat. Is that correct? The last I heard, it's supposed to be mid August, early September, 2020. Okay. 2020. Okay. We got, we got to start dating these things since we've been recording for like three years now. So. Right. Yeah. Sure. People right. Yeah, like, point. what, what, what? Oh, what this that? book is out now? Yeah, it's been out for three years. <laughs> Good point, actually. Who, who would have thought we'd have been doing this for this long? Uh, not me. Right? <laughs> no, I thought I'd be playing bolt action this long, just not. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. We thought this was burned long ago. All right. Uh, I'm just looking at this giant mortar still. Hey, check out uh, <laughs> check out Google Earth. Oh, Google Earth. Like, here's fun. Oh wow, Google Earth still exists. Pat, your house is there. <laughs> Neat, huh? <laughs> so, all right. Well, pass the mirror near. Let's go. Let's get out of here. All right. This is Snafu. Over now. Have a good night, guys. Good night, guys. Have a good night, guys.
that all I long for long ago was Talk some firefight. No. no, no, we already did no. firefight. Oh, we already did that. Oh my god, this is not a firefight book. We only the Diet Coke you're bit. drinking, Rick. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not the Diet Coke that does that. It makes my brain. It's vibe. the rum. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the Diet Coke doesn't cause it. It's the rum that causes it. Oh, it's the rum ice cubes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Weird, huh? Yeah, it's funny how that works. Damn, man, man how your... cold do you have to go down to to get <laughs> an ice cube out of rum? Just what I was um, asking. It's like, damn, you're a freezer. <laughs> you can eat whiskey stones, but rum stones, rum cubes. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I think at, I think at the point where you freeze rum or any grain alcohol, you basically evaporate the alcohol. And well, just somebody put it will outside in winter wrong. Minnesota, but the, make sure it's a plastic bottle or the caps off. One of the two, whatever. But it'll leak out if the caps off. Well, that's the idea. Is it leaks out into your mouth? Jesus, that sounded awful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm drinking Diet Coke. Wow. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of turned on. Let's do this. Fahrenheit. Yeah, pretty, pretty bad. Like, Actually, it gets that cold all the time here in Minnesota. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I'm thinking mid-January. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Minnesota. Center outside, you're good. What proof is that? Uh, I think it was just the regular 40%. Okay. So the 80 proof. Okay. Well, we'll have to do some experiments this winter. We'll see. <laughs> 